it's time. We got a lot of cool news the last couple of weeks since we've done this, and some yeah. really happy odd New things. Year, everyone. So, oh yeah, I think this our yeah. I think this might be our first gaming podcast of the year. So yeah, first piece of content recorded of the new year, actually. Yep. And, you know, Vex, like, when we were going to do this, I, I was planning on doing one of these, of course, like, once we were back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought, it's like, oh, you know what? It could be nice to just talk about, like, how the Game Awards went and, like, how our predictions panned out and stuff like that. Because uh, we did watch, um, I, some of us watched that live on in the server while that was happening, so I thought that would be a fun way to transition into the year, but instead, so much happened in between then and now that, you know, it's probably the last thing we're going to even talk about, but it, it might come up. It, it might come up naturally, but I'm not too pressed on any of that right now. What? Yeah, because honestly, like, the Game Awards, was like, it was fun to react with everyone on the team, but... It was also just, like, not that interesting, looking back. Mm-hmm. There, there's one weird one, though. I think we should just start with the, the dumb choice that Microsoft made. Because, like, it's the one freshest on my mind. I was sitting in the back of the, the Uber coming home. Because um, I actually had a four-day weekend for a change, which was really nice. And they, um, they've been striking, like, any of the, like, nudie scenes from Baldur's Gate as, like, community guidelines and banning people, right? Um, that was, like, my initial, you know, knowledge of it. And now they put out, like, a really weird tweet of, like, they essentially, like, have access to whatever the hell you capture, which is odd, but not surprising. But why, why allow an 18-plus or like a mature game to auto capture in the first place was what I was digging at, right? Because it's like they're... I mean, yeah, because it's an approved title for Microsoft right. <laughs> on their platform, and also their service, the recording. Like it shouldn't be auto recording slash uploading whatever it's doing. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's like if I'm just playing a game, I don't want whatever I'm doing in game to necessarily be like up to certain guidelines of play yeah like i was initially it's not weird. like people are if, if people are streaming like through like a microsoft streaming service or something then yeah. that's one thing right but like you said this is just microsoft saying it's like you're playing this mature game on our mature platform and think you can just record your own footage you can, you can record your character getting smashed by carlac how dare you no but like the the thing is like I don't have an, a really big issue with like auto recording if it's like oh you just got an achievement here's a screenshot cool that's great whatever you can share that with your friends on there that's a, a neat little feature I loved it while I was doing like my 52 game challenges back when I had a lot more time than I do now like hey I beat the game here I can just auto share this whatever but like when it's like content filtering on an approved game on your service it's just like a whole other level of like i wouldn't say orwellian but it's just bordering on like that that censorship that i hate so much because on top of that people are getting like strikes on their accounts so like if you lose your account for just playing a game like not even like violating like 
you're not breaking any laws or regulations. You're just playing a game, and the software slash hardware is doing all the bad stuff. Yeah, like, it's one thing if you, like, I grew up in the times where, like, you could not go into a Call of Duty lobby without hearing the N-word 37 times, or you... Yeah, that was our, <laughs> that was our child. Well, I was not a huge FPS guy, but all my friends played, and so, yeah, I know yeah, the stories. Yeah, or, like, straight up seeing, like, the most scuffed emblems in Black Ops. Like, people like... Oh, I miss the good old days of COD where there wasn't, like, a voice filter. I'm like, you grew up in the era where you heard how much of a hoe your mom allegedly was. And come on, we, we don't need to go back to that. Cool. But when you're, like, if you say anything, like, remotely offensive now in, like, Call of Duty Lobby or even suggestive, they, they have, like, an AI that, like, voice filters you, which was weird to me. Because I... I was playing uh, Warzone with a buddy recently. I, I don't really touch Call of Duty often, and he made a joke, like a joke, about how stupid the map was, and they they instant banned him for like five days. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I, it was, no, yeah, it that's was, uh, just not okay. Yeah, I'm like, the joke was off color, but it wasn't like, racist or sexist or anything like that it was just like we don't like the language you used in our game that is rated m for mature so here's a five-day ban also just kind of creepy like right. okay like the video recording itself like at least that's like f footage of you playing a game but just like you're just saying this conversation is being monitored by ai <laughs> Exactly. Like, imagine if just like, because it's like the way we use Discord, for example, it's to just casually talk with people. Like, I have talked to friends who I just don't see as often because we're all adults now and life is not easy enough for us to see each other despite all the attempts we make. Right. So, it's if we had, so at one point, um, you know, Xbox and like gaming chats were basically that, you know, it's, just talking with friends after school without, you know, when cell phones were less advanced and just people were minute. not able to use. Yeah, and all that. So it was just like a way for people to talk. And so now that is not going to be possible if just every conversation is just monitored by a third entity. Yeah. Just to make sure it's like you might say something that will hurt someone. <laughs> yeah, the the, yeah. the funny reason, the reason I brought that up is because if you look back at like a couple episodes ago where we talked about like all the stuff that came out of the Activision Blizzard uh, Microsoft trial, right? Uh, yeah, they, that they was were, in a, they Good were inter integrating like this AI. I wonder if it's the same AI that they used in Warzone, right? Because if it is, like, you won't be able to, like, have any sort of, like, conversation without it being filtered like that. And that could lead to you having the same repercussions as, like, the nudie scenes in Baldur's Gate. Or, hell, like, the new Mass Effect could have that same effect at this point, right? Because we know that romance is a big thing in that. So mm, it's just a really a slippery slope uh, for Microsoft, who had, like, the best fucking year last year. Like, I, if anybody got the biggest W, it was them. Because they got, they got to acquire Activision. They got, like, a great lineup. They had so much success with a bunch of games. But at the same time, like, we're s 
eight days into the new year and we're having this <laughs> so yeah was, and it's not great it's not a good start no. but i mean it's a lot of people did have good years um you know last year was a very great year of gaming and again had had not a lot of crazy stuff happened it would have just been nice to reflect on that but yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> we have too much to talk about. Oh, yeah. But I, with what you're saying with Microsoft, though, that I was originally going to talk about, you know, some other Microsoft topics I had. But then you also mentioned some of the Microsoft leaks that happened, which we could also talk about leaks. So I'm debating which way to go right um, now. I think I'll stick with Microsoft for now because the one thing that, you know, I saw today, and I guess it's been kind of floating around for a bit, mm -hmm. is the... Um, this rumor that some Microsoft IPs are coming to other platforms. Uh, allegedly, and of course it's all like rumor stuff, but it's been around enough that if it's one of those rumors I'm like leaning into being true. Right. Especially considering what it is, which is that uh, games like Hi-Fi Rush and um, oh, what was the other one? So one other title that I'm blanking on are like going to be available on like PlayStation I saw Hi-Fi Rush, uh, I haven't seen anything else. Switch. Um, I think there was another title, but I can't remember what it is. But it's some other title that Microsoft owns. But either way, it's like a it's like a the kind of title you could imagine in, on other platforms. Uh, oh, I'm gonna sure. look it up because I know I saw it. Um, uh, I'm not opposed okay. oh. to that. You know, it's it's an odd choice though, right? Because these were like supposed to be their their big exclusives. So it comes back down to the like. I hate I hate diving into the side of games. Oh, okay, yeah, I got it. Uh, yeah, so okay, so well, now I'm seeing even more titles, but High Fire is probably the most likely one. But yeah, Sea of Thieves was the other one, like the Rareware title that's coming out. Um, and like, there's some other titles like As Dusk Falls, and maybe Starfield might be coming to PlayStation. That would be something. Uh, but yeah, mo at the very least, I think. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush is definitely there. Originally built to be like timed exclusive, so that one would make sense. But I could be wrong. Uh, feel feel free. Oh yeah, actually that could be because it was like very early in development. Yeah, it, it's kind of hard to say for some of these titles because like a Elder Six, Elder Scroll Six, at one point was like multi-platform, but then they're like, yeah, we're owned by Microsoft now. So yeah, like the Indiana so. Jones is going to be the Indiana Jones game from Machine Games is going to be like exclusive, exclusive as well. Uh, which is odd considering, you know, the property is attached to it. I could see like a Fallout or a, you know, Elder Scrolls being exclusive, exclusive, but uh, it, it, that one was just a choice <laughs> in general. Um, the same with Redfall. Well, um... I think that's actually Microsoft exclusive, which they can keep that cancer of a game. Yeah, that that was a very unfortunate dev situation, but you know it happens, and hopefully it doesn't happen again. Because I know we just said that like last year was good for Microsoft, but they had some of their own issues. Because like even with Starfield, um, like when it came out, like I heard so many good things, but like more and more I'm hearing some more negative things. But that's not just Starfield. I'm also hearing the same thing with like, Tears of the Kingdom recently because I was watching some like Nintendo in review videos and people yeah. are like you know what tears of the kingdom kind of overhyped i mean so. it was but i have my own take on that and 
Yeah, I miss traditional Zelda. I don't like the open, open, open. Yeah, that's a big thing I'm hearing. And I think that's a fair argument because, like, even with, like, one thing I like, because as a Sonic fan, I have to make everything about Sonic. Uh, When we have, like, new titles come out, just change everything, we always like, why can't you just do what you did before? But right now, we have, like, multiple different kinds of titles going on. So we have, like, classic while going with the 3D. And hopefully some of the other formulas they abandon will come forward. But, you know, that's, like, a whole topic in of itself. So I'll save that for another rainy day. Like, my favorite. What I do want to say with Microsoft... Yeah. Um, is like when Sony was starting to release their IPs onto Steam and uh, PC, I was very happy to like know that it's like, okay, I can access these games when need to buy like several hundred dollars more into another device, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice. And I think the fact that Microsoft is doing that, I think makes even more sense because they've always been a little bit more open platform. Now, obviously, Sony's not going to not gonna let game pass come on to their service same thing with nintendo but individual titles um i think like hi-fi rush and sea of thieves just like the way they have minecraft on other uh platforms i think it just makes sense for them to do that people are worried about like the console not having as much exclusives but i'm like at this point the exclusives don't really matter (laughs) i feel like more and more that's going to matter less and less yeah, exclusives have a matter for like a generation and a half at this point. It's it's such a stupid argument. Like I love the fact that I don't have to buy another five hundred dollar console in the Xbox Series, right? Because I have a gaming PC and I have a PS Five. You know, and I have a Switch. It literally is sitting on my mini fridge. I haven't touched it since I ported over all of my Pokemon from Pokemon Bank. That's how little I touch my Switch. Um, mm. That's fair and. I mean, Nintendo's another topic to maybe talk about, but oh, just because yeah. I've been seeing a lot of Nintendo. But, like, uh, but with with Sony, I think, yeah, I think they're going to be doing more and more PC-oriented stuff. And so I think Microsoft putting more of their titles onto PlayStation is just going to be good for them. And I feel like the benefit owning an Xbox is ultimately just going to be the convenience of having an Xbox. You don't want to have a a seven thousand dollar gaming computer in your you know studio. Just don't build one. Get an Xbox Series X. Cool. There you go. Like yeah. It, and if it, anything, that'll just make Xbox just like the more economical gaming choice. And I think that's a valid way forward. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, like, there's a few of those games on Steam, like Sea of Thieves has been on Steam for a while, Master Chief Collection, Halo Infinite, you know, stuff like that has been on there for a while, so I think that was their test pilot for, like, multi-platform before they did Game Pass Ultimate, right? Um, Because they... That's a fair point. But, like, and Starfield's obviously on there. I, I own Redfall on there, which was a choice on my part. Um... <laughs> But, like, there, there's a lot of, you know, value to having this multi-platform um, as well. Because, like, there, there's titles that are, like, those hidden gems, right? Like, Hi-Fi Rush, we can consider, like, last year's hidden gem that a lot of people want to play, but they don't want to have another, you know, box sitting in their living room or, you know, whatever. And I I love the idea of having something that stylizes that, say, on the Nintendo Switch. Because it's the perfect game for that. Whereas, and Sea of Thieves could run on a fucking potato. Like, it, it doesn't really 
have a lot of graphical intensity so that one makes sense to be like multi-platform and like hi-fi rush would like to sell shaded art stuff like that it would work well i don't see starfield hitting the nintendo switch at all yeah me neither <laughs> like maybe nintendo's next platform which is a possible topic we can talk about but it's all speculation yeah i know i i i was hearing rumors of it being on par with the ps4 and i'm like yep that sounds like fucking nintendo <laughs> it really does and you know the weird thing is when i thought that i'm like you know what at at the minimum it should be a ps4 because it's like if it doesn't like there are the outdated phones some people have are going to be more powerful than nintendo's next system hey i i think i could run this game on my galaxy s10 that's sitting in my closet thanks guys probably can't you can run i'm pretty sure anything nintendo's gonna release is something (laughs) Uh, well that's just like a whole other thing and it really wouldn't be a problem honestly because nintendo has had handheld devices before but people are trying to port console games onto your device and worse now we're reaching the point where nintendo's own games are like yeah this is barely running on the one device it needs to run on yeah no kidding it's not okay like you're using a bordering on 15 year old processor you need to you need to put something else out guys as much as i like the people at monolith soft are like freaking geniuses for being able to make open like giant rpgs on that system no i don't even know how they did that like it's scary how talented monolith soft is like it Mm i i i don't praise nintendo developers enough when they have to work within the limitations of that absurd company but they're fucking geniuses. As much as I don't like talking about, you know, problematic games, um, like Hogwarts Legacy being able to run at all on there is a marvel. Like, even if... Oh, yeah, it really is. Like, even if it is, you know, cut down to, like, loading screens, and it's not really a true open-world title anymore, the fact that they were able to get it running on there is a, a miracle. Like, I was shocked when fucking Witcher 3 played on it. Like, it didn't play well. Oh, yeah, me too. It didn't. But, like, I played through the vast majority of that story at work with my Switch. Like, that was fun to do. Like, so I, it had been on my backlog for ages. And it came out, like, right around when the TV show came out. I was listening to the audiobooks while playing the game, and it was just, like, a unique experience. Um, But that... It was just insane what they were able to do with that. And I I know damn well we won't get Cyberpunk on there because it can't run on, like, past-gen consoles anymore. So, like, there's no way in hell they're going to try to port, like, Phantom Liberty expansion onto the Switch. So, maybe the Switch 2? Um, which, like, if it's running at the PS4, I'm hoping it's, like, at least a PS4 Pro level of things, right? I mean, I have to be honest, we're starting to be a little too optimistic there, but you, you're right, at the very minimum, you would think, okay, let's get a device that can run at least at the power of something that released in, like, what, 20, what was it? 2017, 2018? <laughs> like... At the same time as the actual Switch. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, that just stings. Because I was going to say 2020, but then I'm like, nah, that was PS5. Yeah. We're a couple no. years into that. Yeah, that's so, scary. That's the scary part of this, right? Because you're like Nintendo is always the current like, gen is already like 
are likely going to mid-gen refresh. I'm seeing a lot of like PS5 Pro like possibilities here. I, and like Xbox is like, you know, their stuff got leaked. So we know that they have stuff in the works. Yeah, which is the sad part of that, right? Because like I miss when I didn't know everything three to five years before it fucking happened. Well, to be fair, this time it was an accident. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I realize it, but, like, we're, we're getting, like, so much news drip-fed to us on an absurd level right now with, like, between that leak where, like, the court fucked up or somebody on, on like, Microsoft has uploaded, like, the unprotected document, whoever is actually yeah i think that's what ultimately happened like it wasn't properly censored so whoever was in charge of like making sure that was all done yeah 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 people got fired for sure oh absolutely they're never working in whatever industry again um poor intern right (laughs) yeah that's likely what happens some interns like i don't know how to protect this the court will surely do its job no you're the one that has to upload it um but like there's there's something to be said about, like, the amount of leaks, because, like, Ubisoft is, like, constantly getting, like, leaked, you know, and that's just, like, a meme at this point. Um, And then, like, so much of this, like, potential news for the Nintendo Switch 2 is just, like, crazy. Um, So, like, PS4 level, I, I saw a couple other documents floating around TikTok, but, like, that platform of itself, like, I don't really trust, like, a reliable source of information, obviously. Um, yeah. But, like... I mean, government conspiracies about China aside, it's still TikTok. It's still... It was still some Zoomer who's, like, the, the epitome of, like, my uncle works at Nintendo, so here's everything, kind of vibe. And some things just don't change. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, let's see, I guess there was something else I wanted to bring up. Um, oh yeah, with Microsoft, I think just quickly I want to say, I'm not sure if this was confirmed, but I've been hearing, and I'm pretty sure this is going to happen, there's like an Xbox dev direct kind of thing next week. And I think that's like a smart idea. I think, because right now with like uh, Microsoft, they have they own a lot of studios and the big thing people know is that they own a bunch of studios, but the first party has been kind of only just getting started. Mm-hmm. So I think starting off the year by saying, Hey, this is everything we have in development and here's when things are coming out and what we have planned. I think that's a good idea to just get that right at the beginning of the year, Oh yeah, especially after they messed up today. <laughs> yeah. Like Fable, you'll get it in 2027 knowing my luck. That's the one first-party game I want to play badly is <laughs> fucking Fable because I grew up with those games. I love them. I know. Uh, hopefully without Peter Molyneux's fucking, you know, overhyping everything, it'll be a great game. Like, there's a great team behind it. They can do wonderful things with, like, the environment because we've seen, like, Forza. Like, I don't like racing sims, but, like, the environment of a Forza game is immaculate. So that in a fantasy world, mm love it um and then like we know like rumored release dates for some things from like the bethesda side of things from where they were acquired like it's it's kind of cool but like i know almost all of that shit got pushed back because of covid so seeing any of those projects from bethesda will be kind of cool like the rumored doom uh threequel would love to see that um 
a rumored Dishonored. That would be awesome to see, even after Redfall yeah. was a stinker. It's been a while since the Dishonored IP was around. Like, it was really big when it first came out, but I think it started to peter a bit, like, when the second game. Like, yeah. I still thought it was pretty good, but it wasn't as hype. So if they make another Dishonored, I'm hoping it can kind of recover yeah. that. Because I'm not a huge stealth game guy, but I really liked what they did with that oh, yeah. series. That was that was like one of the like super fun mid gen games for me. Um, they had a third one that was kind of like the standalone story of the outsider, which was really cool as well. Not as good, and I think that's kind of what kind of killed it off for a while. Um, same with like uh, Wolfenstein, right? Because they had two titles that came out right around the same time with Cyber Pilot and I forget the other one, um, but it was about. Um, PJ's twins, and they were rescuing him. It was a live service e ish game, um, kind of like looter shooter style, and it was complete trash. Um, unfortunately, it was just really bad. Um, and then having one locked behind the PSVR wasn't a smart idea when like nobody wanted the PSVR with the cyber. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't Sony. You know, Sony's probably leading a lot with, like... I mean, I guess you could say Nintendo is with their crazy sales, but, you know, that's kind of a weird situation with the hybrid handheld. Right. But the primary console is likely Sony, which I think kind of leads them to make really stupid decisions for, like, everything else they're working with. Because okay. I don't know why with the PSVR 2, they were like, okay, let's just not have any of the games from our last VR work with this and i'm like but why why would you just like hurt everybody who invested into your vr ecosystem me and yeah, <laughs> it I, is because I, 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 headsets those headsets are pretty expensive it's I, not like oh you get like a psvr for like a as a 50 dollar add-on oh fuck like no like thing. even secondhand because i bought mine used uh it was like 200 dollars. yeah that's like half a console yeah and i'm like this the amount of wires on that thing was ridiculous um trying to capture footage on that was fucking impossible um because i tried to capture uh like the the arkham uh vr game did not work natively with the elgato when it first came out um which was, like, my primary capture card. So I'm like, well, fuck, I give up. Uh, I know somebody was able to capture it. I don't know how they did it. I'm not going to try to replicate Yeah, I've seen people, like, do it, and it's kind of funny watching people play VR games. Because usually with Let's Plays and stuff, you're watching the game and the person, but, like, watching people, like, do VR is just hilarious. Almost oh. too hilarious to focus on the game. I watched somebody on TikTok play through the Horizon um, VR game, and it the dude was just vibing so much. He tripped over his chair and ate shit and busted his headset. I felt so bad for him. <laughs> yeah, because those are not cheap, as we said. And they're definitely not safe, apparently. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I think the last couple years have been pretty big for VR. So I understand. And I was actually impressed that Sony got, you know, on the ground running with that, but I don't know what they're doing with their 
VR service right now. I don't even think they've announced a new game for the PSVR 2 since Horizon, which is funny to me. It's like, here is a $600 add-on for your $600 console. We have nothing in the pipeline for it. Have fun. <laughs> the fuck are you guys on about? I know they kind of accidentally announced like a security breach. Uh, I think that's the VR title for uh, Five Nights yep. at Freddy's. Um, so I figured that will come to it. Well, I think what well, help wanted is the VR the title. Security breach was the last like mainline, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's. It was one of them, like, uh, Kellen Goff was uh, talking about it. Um, He's done some of the voicing in it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like, Steel Wool did a good job with uh, their VR games. Like, Security Breach, uh, you know, that was a little very buggy, but it was still pretty fun for what it was. Um, but you're right, it is weird that Sony, like, they're, like, pushing VR, but also, like, not succeeding very well at it. Yeah. Very weird. Because I always wondered if the other... Because it's hard to see Nintendo do it because they're always like five steps behind everybody else and just do their own weird thing in the corner, which sometimes pays off. A lot of times like, doesn't. Like, here is a cardboard box. We're releasing it on 420. Have fun with that meme. Uh, yeah, that, that was a thing. <laughs> I bought it. I also lost it moving. It was fun. It also was the stupidest thing I ever did. Um, yeah, but you really don't hear people talking about it, despite the fact that I've heard nothing but good things about it. I mean, it was fun to meme around and play the Black Parade on a cardboard piano, but what the fuck else are you going to do with it? And they've also not made any expansions for it since then, so I guess they got to up on it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really blame them. It was a weird idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the point is, like, I don't see Nintendo really doing it. Microsoft has shown off some AR tech, but they really haven't been integrating it. So yeah. I was, I figured Sony would have, like, a good corner in this market um, of VR, like, as it grew, just, like, on their consoles. But they are kind of messing it up. I mean, well, we all, if all else fails, we have the Apple Pro, like, VR, AR thing that got a release date, finally, uh, for, like, 50 I mean, yeah, there's dollars. that. <laughs> But, I mean, if we're going to talk about Apple and their place in the gaming space, I guess that will transition us to another topic. Um, and that is that uh, Platinum Games had... Uh, wait, do you have the name of the title? Because uh, uh, I don't remember the name. Pull it back up. I was on it for just like two seconds ago. Um, okay. It is well, called it. World of Demons. Uh, and it yeah, deals in 10 days. So, for... Those who've seen our previous uh, videos, you know that we've talked about Apple Arcade before, mostly because I want to talk about Sonic Dream Team. Uh, and it's a service on Apple where they basically are like, hey, here's a place where you can pay like a small monthly fee and you just get like some pretty quality mobile games. And I thought, hey, that's a pretty good idea because there's no in-app transactions and these are like pretty good games. They aren't like random uh, garbage games they have a good amount of funding put into them too uh, and this was one of them this was like one of their first ones actually uh, World because I played it when I first got Apple Arcade and you know it was like a platinum game on your phone that's basically what it was so it was fun in other words 
Uh, but then today we found out that it's getting delisted, like in a couple weeks, I think. Ten days. And, well, it, uh, ten days. It's but I I think you can still like you can't download it. But like in February, you can't even play it anymore. That's one of the weird things with like apps. Sometimes if it's even if it's delisted, if you save it on your f- device. And you also, like, don't change your device because I've done that. Because, uh, like, once I used to have, like, Shin Megami Tensei, the original Shin Megami Tensei, like, the mob- a mobile port of it that Atlas put out. But it doesn't, it didn't work on newer devices, so I had to keep it on, like, one of my older devices while I still had it working uh, just to play it because it's not on the App Store anymore, but it was on my device. But with Apple Arcade games, it has... Apple can just be like, no, this game doesn't exist anymore. The contract is up. And the reason that's concerning is because one of the big things with Apple Arcade, despite the positive things I've mentioned before, is that it kind of hurts its own preservation because it's a service where Apple has paid for these games to be exclusive to their service. But then they also will remove games from the service. This happened to Choo Choo Rocket. Uh, It got revived on Apple Arcade via Sega, um, and it was also pretty fun. But if, after, like, a couple years were up, they decided, okay, let's remove this. And then Sega has never put it on anything else, which might be because they can't, because Apple, you know, won't let them because they paid for it. But then also Apple isn't going to have it on their own service. So it's just gone until, I guess, Apple changes their minds or something. Or there's some other breach in the contract that lets people port it. And the reason I'm wondering how Platinum will handle it, because they didn't say anything, and probably they can't, is because if they do, like, you know, push this World of Demons game onto, like, Steam or the Switch or the Switch 2 or whatever else, um, and we see it again, then that proves that, you know, these Apple Arcade titles, even if they leave Apple, they can go on to other devices and they can live on. But if they can't and we never see these games for years on end, then that kind of just says that all these games we see on Apple's service will just eventually disappear forever, which I just don't understand because even with streaming services, like they'll lose licenses to shows, but for shows that they own, that they paid for, they just kind of stay on the service. Because as far as I know, I don't think there's any like Netflix series that was like Netflix exclusive that they were like, okay, well, we're never going to have this on the platform anymore. Uh, Turbo, the animated show based on the movie, there was a couple others that they kind of just like deleted. I think they did end up eventually on Tubi. Somebody can correct us there. Uh, but it, it's weird, right? Because um, you, you brought up a really good point. Like we used to live in an era where this stuff was like device locked if it gets delisted, right? There were people for the longest time that... Um, would sell their PS4 that had the PT demo on it. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I or remember that. their old iPhone that had shit like Flappy Bird or the old Angry Birds versions. They would sell them on eBay. Like, hey, I got this here. You can buy it for like a thousand dollars, and people would fucking do that. I actually, I actually had a PS4 for the longest time that had the the PT demo on it. And then when the hard drive died, it was gone, right? Um, which sucked because I loved that demo. So I was looking to buy like a a uh, PS4 that had that demo on it. 
And that, that's how I learned that there was a market for this. This was before, like, there were articles or anything, you know, talking about it. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. This person's wanting $1,000 for a, a 500-gig hard drive, essentially, that I'm just going to throw in my old PS4? Like, you fuck off. Like, it's not worth that. Um, like, as much as I would love a, a world where that version of Silent Hill came out, <laughs> I'm not paying $1,000 for a hard drive. <laughs> yeah, no. That would have just been... You would have never financially recovered from that. I mean, I could have, but like, it's it's stupid. It's and, and there are people that willingly buy this stuff. Like, there are iPhone five Cs out there going for like four grand that had all of those old Apple Store games on. I'm like, you, you guys are fucking stupid. But I get it. I I get the need to preserve media like that. And that's the the thing that comes up here is like. What is the fate of this? Because we know that the the one um, Fantasian or whatever made by the uh, OG Final Fantasy director, that's going to hit... Um, oh, yeah, Miss Walker. Miss Walker. Um, thing. That'll hit all of the... Or at least something, right? There, there was talks of a PC port with World Yeah, Games. there there was like um, a Steam page in like the works that people saw. But of course, it hasn't gone up yet. But it seems like... It will, and I'm still waiting for that to happen because, again, once that we see something like that happen, then we know that, okay, even these titles that Apple has paid for, mm -hmm. um, people can retain the rights to put it on other platforms. Like, again, using like Choo Choo Rocket, for example, like maybe the reason Sega hasn't posted it isn't because Apple said, no, you can't do it. But because Sega's like, okay, who's going to pay for Choo Choo Rocket in like the current day and era? And some people would, so I think they should put it yeah. up, but. You know, that's I'd not be like really... bringing back Restar of all things, right? Like, there's a there's an audience there. It's just what is the audience and how much is the price for it, right? You gotta yeah. Die. And the Sega is reviving some of their IP, so maybe we can still see something like that come out. But right. but you know, the point is uh, with Fantasian. Um, I am hoping that that game specifically comes out because it's like a really good. RPG that I think more people would try if it wasn't locked to Apple. Yep. And also, I am as naive as it sounds because it's Apple and it's any corporation. I would like to think that they wouldn't just be like weirdly petty where they're like, we don't want you to put our stuff on other devices, but also don't want to put this on our own devices. Because, like, what do they gain from that? I don't understand. Because, like like you said, all it does... I mean, it doesn't even give, like, a market anymore. You can't even, like, have people sell off devices yeah. with these games on it. So, it's, it's basically just nothing. It's really just being petty. Yeah, it, it's lost media at that point. And then somebody has to go through and try and find a way to get the source code for it or dig it out of, you know, whatever's hard-coded on their device and throw it... Yeah, but the thing is, as far as I know, and I'm not a huge tech guy in that realm but it's harder to do to my understanding on apple devices compared to like android because like with android for example like i use i don't have any android devices but i do have like blue stacks and i run some apks just to have some apps yep. run through my computer 
like, and it's really nice. But you, as far as I know, you can't do the same with Apple. But it might still be possible. Like, except you probably need to do it through someone's MacBook rather than like their iPhone. There are <laughs> ways. Uh, it is a lot more difficult, I will say, and I'm not going to explain how I know that. <laughs> That's fine. You don't don't need to incriminate yourself. But, uh, but like. The way Apple builds an app, and this is coming from somebody that's taken a lot of IT classes because their bachelor's degree is in cybersecurity, it is a lot more secure in how their infrastructure is made, right? Versus like an APK, which is able to be ported to whatever Android device you have. Obviously, when you're working natively in one space with like Apple, like that's all it's meant to run on even though there are emulators for apple products where there were back in the day i don't know if there still are because i don't really utilize apple products anymore um yeah the emulators i've tried looking into it uh nothing super great yeah i i remember like i used to um because how we would make these uh programs and the classes i took is like we had to have like um I just bought like a cheap burner phone, right? And then I jailbroke it, um, the Android phone, because I'm like, I don't give two shits about this straight talk wireless phone I bought at Walmart, right? Um, and then we would make like basic programs for that. And then I had an old iPhone 4S I threw Cydia on in college. And then that was like people who know what Cydia is know what I mean. Um, but. Yeah, it was it was a lot more difficult back then to even jailbreak an iPhone than it was like, well, here you go, two seconds with a fucking uh, Android device, right? Uh, so like, yeah, even, you had to watch like a lot of videos to figure out how to jailbreak those devices. Yeah, it was, but I mean, it was doable because <laughs> like we did it as kids. Yeah, like it, it and like having to not pay for Pandora was wonderful. Uh, <laughs> that's what I used yeah. to use before I used uh, Spotify. Um, I now, still use Pandora. <laughs> now that I am a working adult, I pay for my music. Um, it's it's nice to be able to do that. Like the one I will always have is like I need Spotify Premium. Like I will not listen to more than one ad in a in a row on anything ever anymore. <laughs> um, I mean that's understandable. Yeah, <laughs> with. Because once you get used to it, it's just like, well, you got me. I can no longer live without your service. Or uh, hear it. I mean, it's basically like with streaming, like when you go back to like watching TV with commercials, you're like, what is this? Oh, God. Yeah, it's it's absurd. Um. Um, it's, it's absurd, like, I, because I have Google Podcasts still shuts down in, like, two months, right? I ported everything over to YouTube Music, because it's, like, one button. But, um, the, the ads that I get on, like, 95% of my podcasts are, with FanDuel Casino, you can do the double parlay or whatever. I'm like, I don't give two shits about this. Let me skip. Like, I don't want to listen to you. Just let me go back to listening to people bitch about, like, a serial killer, because that's the kind of white person I am, is I like true crime. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's a thing. 
I mean, I think a lot of people say that it's like, oh, this is just so I can be ready in case something like this happened to me. And I'm like, okay, first of all, if something like this happened to you, you're not going to just remember. It's like, what did they say in this one podcast? It's like when I joke about, like, okay, I love Dr. Stone so much that if the world just went to shit, I'd be just ready to restart everything. First it's of like, all, no, that's I won't. fiction. <laughs> I have, like, a whole, I have degrees in science, and I'm still going to be like, so everything I know, and I've thought about this, like, I mean, for those who don't know, like, I'm in, like, the medical field, but, like, I don't have experience with, like, field medicine. So if you take me out of, like, a, a modern healthcare environment, I'd be like, I don't really know what to do other than don't drink the dirty water. Maybe, like, cook your food. Yeah, no kidding. Like, it's not like I'm just going to look at some herbs and be like, ah, yes, I know what this does. Like, no, I don't. I barely know what color pills do. I need the labels. No, they changed the fucking color of my progesterone. I'm like, what the fuck did they send me? I'm like, oh, right, there's a label here. I I'm good. <laughs> like, this is no, but see, that's like a thing because they do that because that's the pharmaceuticals is a whole thing. Yeah. But like, I, that's why you can't like when patients will tell me it's like okay so i take this white pill it's like that doesn't help me it's, like, it's the circle bar. still doesn't help it's a it's a bar it says xanax on it okay can i have one of those i mean like the better it's even better when i ask them like just tell me what you take it for i can probably by process of elimination figure this out and then they'll be like i don't know what i take it for it's like that's concerning yeah, no, absolutely <laughs> concerning, and I don't even work in the field. <laughs> of course, by that point, you realize it's like, ah, okay, this is to help. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, that, we're getting way off gaming at this point. <laughs> Sorry, I just need to get but that like, on my system. <laughs> yes. But, like, no, you're right. Like, oh, uh, how is, like, what happened in Jonestown going to help me survive this mass killer <laughs> out in the middle of Grand Rapids? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um... Okay, God damn. we got so off track. What were we talking about? <laughs> like lost media and somehow talked about ads. Oh yeah, that was it. Okay, yeah. So basically, lost. We so yeah. Short point is like as much as I like Apple Arcade, we should still fight for like game preservation. But the truth is, there's very little that, and this is kind of sad to say because it sounds defeatist, but there's very little from a consumer perspective of what we can really do other than demand that the people who produce like do better and make it easier for things to be preserved but you know they have no incentive for that i mean we're seeing more and more like stores like just going full digital yep. like i i went shopping and i thought i would just take a look to see what you know games are around even if i'm not wasn't going to buy anything at this particular point and yeah there's selection of physical games are just way lower than they used to be where i was shopping you bet your sweet ass there's 97 copies of Madden there, though. Oh, yeah. It's just, like, the most random stuff. But, you know, there, there's, like, no benefit. I mean, eventually we're going to get cloud streaming and all kinds of stuff. And it'll be convenient for sure, but we're going to we're gonna lose a lot of games, though. Yeah. we Someone needs to figure it out. And by someone, I mean the actual producers and developers of games it's not my job to figure it out no like i i look back to like brian Lee O'Malley, the creator of like scott pilgrim um he was just as frustrated when the uh scott pilgrim game got delisted as we were as fans right um yeah i remember that so like 
and the reason it got delisted apparently was the rights to the Anamanaguchi soundtrack that was on there. Um, um, yeah, I always love that. Like when one thing is just like not available because of copyright law, it's like take the whole thing down. Because yeah. that happened to like Quantum Break. <laughs> Got off Game Pass just because it's like, yeah, we lost the license for like one song. Give us like 24 hours. And it's like, okay, cool. You got that fixed. But also that was scary. Yeah. You can can just lose a whole title just because it's like of technicalities. Yeah, and like... But Disney can extend their copyright until infinity. goddamn mouse. Like... um, Yeah, that's why everyone's just having the time of their lives with Steamboat Willie right now. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute, but, like, um, so when they brought the remake out, he's like, I mean, we made sure to extend, like, the license to the music for a lot longer than the original, just so it doesn't get delisted again. But, like, you're right, like, there was, um, like, even the Metal Gear trilogy, the original version of it, they can't reproduce that specific version of it anymore, because the archive that they pulled a bunch of those war clips from no longer exists. Which is the most and, random fucking thing on the planet. Like, how did you lose the access to press coverage of World War Two? Yeah, actually, that is weird when you say it out loud. Like, that is, is that not preserved extreme. anywhere else? Like, the same clips? Go to NBC or CNN. No, we can't do that. Great. Uh, yeah, actually, that is a very weird circumstance. I was going to, the example I was going to use is, um, because, again, as a Sonic fan, I got to make everything about Sonic. Like, Sonic 3 is, like, one of those titles that just doesn't get ported as much as one would think. Because, like, 1 and 2 got, like, like uh, whole remakes mm-hmm. uh, by, like, Christian Whitehead, which were, like, really great port. Some consider them the definitive one. I'm one of those people. And but three never did, and people think part of the reason is just because of the music. Because even in Origins, which was like the re-release of a lot of classic titles, it they had to replace a lot of songs. And people think the reason is just because Sega doesn't have the right to them, and possibly because Michael Jackson worked on some of those songs. Yep. Uh, it was um, actually I, confirmed that he worked on the soundtrack. Um, there was new. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's the reason though, because like, yeah, you're right. That did get confirmed eventually. It was a weird secret for a while that everyone knew, but yeah, it did get confirmed. But I'm not sure if that's like the reason the music, because. But even if it is, it's like, why can't Sega just I don't know pay the money? <laughs> It's like Sonic. (laughs) The estate and the controversy surrounding Michael Jackson, they don't want to, you know, put that out there, I guess, would be the logic behind it. But it's still a very weird circumstance to be like, okay, we're just going to re-chip tune all the shit or whatever they do anymore. Yeah, Um, I don't even know what they did. It did not sound good, and people were very upset. And I get it, because it just wasn't as good. But at the same time, this is like, Another one of those issues where a single thing, a very small like copyright issue is what like stops people from yeah. doing that. And it's all the more reason we need at the very minimum, I guess, physical copies of stuff. Yep. And because and- even if you lose the digital because of uh, reasons, at least you have physical copies. But, like, even physical copies aren't even, you know, game on disc really anymore. It's just a license to download the products because... You 
don't want to put a 100 gigabyte file on a Blu-ray, apparently. I don't even know the logic behind it. Because um, I bought, um, like, one of the, like, five PS5 games I have is God of War Ragnarok, right? Um, yep. And the the funny thing with that is, like, it had, like, a five byte installer and then a 115 gigabyte download basically i'm like are you fucking kidding me this game isn't even on the disc what the fuck i mean at this point they can just sell you a cd key and it might as well do the same thing it's like 95 percent of switch games honestly it's like a cd key in the fucking box you don't even have the cartridge i uh, and i get it i get it's easier to you're basically it. just paying for the box <laughs> not even like the manual remember yeah, when those were a thing yeah no right like i miss having the manual like that that was such i would always read the manual first like i in my family like my cousins and we're always and brother were like ready to start playing and i'm like wait we gotta read the manual it could be important stuff in here there was never important stuff i just wanted to read the manual like there were like story bits back in like the the nes days and shit but like as we got older like the 360 era and shows was like here's the controls right or a synopsis yeah, of and like, now we just don't even do. get anything we're it's lucky if we sad. get a, a health and safety's warning that's not printed on the back side of a cover uh yeah <laughs> it's true like, so uh, so basically this is just them slowly taking away like reasons to buy physical and i get it it's more profitable for them and eventually when they don't need to worry about the retailers, they'll be able to charge whatever they want. You want GTA uh, so, bot or GTA Six? Pay us fifty dollars an hour. Ugh. It's like when I, all the Switch Two discussions I've been seeing were talking about like Nintendo games being like seventy bucks, and I'm like, yeah, I can't think of any Nintendo game I would actually pay like seventy bucks for. Not to say Nintendo games are like not good, but. 70 bucks? I, I <laughs> That's pay, a lot of money. I'd pay 70 bucks for my pink murder ball. That's about it. Like, I, I'm, I'm not, I mean, again, Kirby's great, but I don't even know about that. Like, <laughs> the best I could think of, like, maybe, like, you know, of course, like, Xenoblade and, like, Fire Emblem, maybe, because, like, RPGs I can get a good amount of value out of. Right, but, like... But, like most Nintendo games are just, like, very small, like, just compact, fun experiences. That's why, like, I really enjoyed, like, their handheld titles. They were great for that. Yeah. But 70 bucks. Wow. Like, I don't know. It, it, it's insane <laughs> to think that a Mario game will cost $70. And I get that the cost of development has gone up. But at the end of the day, a Mario game is a five-hour experience. Regardless of, like, how much it costs you to make, it is a five-hour experience, right? And I... I'm not saying that your work is inval or isn't valuable. I'm saying I don't get the amount of value out of that as say a giant like hundred hour JRPG, right? And the fact that Nintendo games rarely go on sale would just see me buying Nintendo products less and less. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's the other problem, really, because like most other IPs, they can charge whatever they want. I'll just wait for the Steam sale. <laughs> Right, and it, it it sucks because, like, I want to support Fire Emblem or Xenoblade or something like that, and that would be, like, the titles I would buy at that point. And then 
you know, down the road when something hits a GameStop or a, a Disc Traders or Disc Replay, if those still exist in this time, you know, and we still have a physical cartridge or something, I would buy them on deep discount there. You know, the, the fucking, the five-hour experiences, your, your Mario. Yeah, holiday sales, cartridge. things like that. Yeah. Those are always nice for that, too. But Use like, games. <laughs> but, like, if we go all digital, we're not going to have that. And you would just see that sit there seeing Pokemon Red being sold for $90 probably by the end of it all because you got the Switch tax on top of, well, first-party titles don't really have a Switch tax, but you, you get what I mean. Like, they would be able to charge whatever the fuck they want, and that's, as much as those games are fun, they're not worth that price. Um, I say having spent, like, $100-plus on Paper Mario The Thousand-Year Door during, like, Pandemic. <laughs> oh man, thousand year door. Uh, getting a whole remake. That's I, pretty exciting. I'm so happy about that though. But and speaking of sp- Because like the way I played a thousand year door was like oh, I I feel like I shared this story before. Like I got like a a disc from GameStop. It was like a used disc, but of course because it's a used like GameCube disc, they barely work. <laughs> oh god. So I had to like get another copy like one time. And I think it still stopped working eventually. So then I'm just like, you know what? I have other means to do this. I didn't want to do, but it's like it's a thousand year door. It's worth. Yep. But I I bought, it, I bought mine on eBay because I didn't trust GameStop to even send me a box. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I went into the store itself. That's how I used to do these. I, I just don't trust online vendors as much, to be honest, even both then especially, and even now to some extent, even though I've done more online shopping as an adult, just because, like, it's hard for me to, like, buy something that's non-tangential and then be like, okay, well, hopefully it appears in the condition I want. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, especially now, like, postal you know, workers being, like, screwed over by, you know, political means. It's a lot harder to even guarantee your package arrives in one piece. Uh, But, like, during COVID, like, there was no real way to go into, like, the store. And I'm like, well, I'm home for a bit. I'm still working because I was essential. But, like, I'm, I at least have the ability to take unlimited PTO. So if I want to take a week off and play a video game, I will. And... I did, and I sat and played fucking uh, Thousand Year Door that I bought on eBay. Like, it, it was fun, you know? I definitely, like, when I use eBay and stuff like that, I vet the seller to some extent, and I pay with PayPal when they allowed that, just to make sure it's, you know, if it doesn't arrive in the condition that they say it's, then I can always file a chargeback, because I'm not going to be out $100 or more, depending on what it was, um, for that. I got back into collecting retro shit during the pandemic. I was one of those people. Uh, yeah, I mean, we all found hobbies, except for those who didn't, like myself. I was just like, okay, I'm just was just dealing with the front lines of all this. That's basically it was my life. Like, oh, I'm fucked. <laughs> you know what? You, I learned a lot very quickly and I, I guess you could say that was a benefit but i also don't want to say it like that because very bad things were happening during that time too oh, yeah. but yeah you know you it's just another very, part of life now you learned very quickly how shitty humanity was during that time that's for sure uh yeah 
I learned that when it comes to healthcare workers, like people will really care about you for like the shortest period of time before not trusting all the years and work you put in uh-huh. <laughs> after that. See, I have that, that's a great feeling. <laughs> yeah, I have dozens of friends that just left healthcare uh during that period. Yeah, I don't blame them. Like I I knew people who like just like older folk who were less like, you know what? It's time to retire. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, yeah. You're like, this, this is when you learn life is too short and retirement sounds nice. <laughs> Even as a millennial, you're like, I'm burnt out. Fuck it. Hey, I have one I have one friend that uh during that period of time that just quit and went back to a factory because they're just like, I don't want to deal with humans anymore. Just, you know, put me back in a warehouse or a factory. I'm like, great. Um, I don't think you're going to get like the hours that you were getting, but you'll probably get better pay because they at least gave money. And (laughs) it's criminal how underpaid like healthcare is uh, compared to what they're actually valued in as society. Um, But Getting back on some sort of topic, did you... Uh, yeah. yeah, we went on a lot of tangents today. We didn't even get to the big one yet, and that are, like, the leaks we had from Insomniac, which, yeah, let's get into that, because that was, like, a big thing I wanted to talk about for our discussion for today. Um, one moment. I have to go mute my other phone. Okay. Uh, well, Vex does that. I guess I'll start... So I, I don't know if you were living, anyone who's living under a rock. Uh, so there was like a whole hack done by a group who I don't know what exactly it was their aim other than money, but they basically got their hands on uh, some insomniac data. And I, when that first came out, I was a little wondering about the legitimacy of them. But then, of course, once the leak happened, then we knew it was all legit. And I will say... I do feel bad for the employees who had their personal information thrown out there. Like that is very unfortunate. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I could understand like people being a little more reluctant to talk about it because of it would involve like a hacked attack. But at the same time, when it, these leaks happen, like people will discuss it. It's still news and information. And I'd say the most interesting information was not people's personal information. It was um, a lot of the titles, plans, and the money spent in games. Like, because yeah. that's not something we really know. Because when it comes to movies, like when I started paying more attention to movies during the pandemic years, is that we kind of know right off the bat, like, what the budgets are like. Now, granted, that's not including advertising budget and business expenses and some other stuff. Uh, But mainly, how much did you pay for this movie to be made? Like, you have a general idea. But games, we don't really know. People don't report that kind of stuff. And now we have, like, an idea, and it's it's a lot of money. Too much money. Yeah, no, like, this This was what kind of gave us the idea of, like, what the difference between a double-A and a triple-A title is. And it's mm-hmm. in-fucking-sane how much money went into things like God of War Ragnarok and Spider-Man 2 and all of these games. Like, I don't want to... Including that. just, like, the port of Spider-Man on PC. Oh, like, that, I think, would really surprise me. Because, like... Flick was, I think it was like 40 million or something. And I'll, and it's not like it was like a full, like new 
it was just like Spider-Man on PS4 onto the PC with like some remastered elements, but yeah, like they upscaled. The it shouldn't cost that much for what it was basically already a complete game. Yeah, like it was, it was the same port that hit the PS5 as well, so they had to optimize it for both, which I get takes a little bit more working, but forty million to get a game from one generation of a platform to the next generation, but also putting on PC. Like that's that just sits unwell with me. Um and it goes to show like why too. you know companies like Square Enix say like this failed to meet our expectations, right? That that famous phrase. Yeah, like, we always hear Square say that for like the most successful titles they have. But and we're like, Square, it. how much did you expect? But I kinda get it now. Like, depending on like how much went into some of their titles, like I, I can be a little bit more sympathetic with that. Seeing how much they put into something just like a port, you know? Uh, it, yeah, that is true. But at the same time, we also need to remember that, you know, they're the ones who decided to do that. It's not like, it's not like, uh, like a lot of things with Square, and I've said this, um, I think, in previous discussions, like some of their best performing titles, both for them and us, are like more of their mid tier, like double A titles. And uh, in many ways, they could put more focus on that rather than trying to make more triple A's like they plan on doing. <laughs> so it, so yes, I do feel bad. Like when, you know, the games I like don't succeed quote unquote, because it, just financially it was a loss to um, make that game, especially because again, going back to insomniac, I always wondered like if we would ever see like another sunset Overdrive, which is like one of my favorite titles by them. It was a great Xbox title. And I thought like it did pretty well. Like I, of course it reviewed very well, but I figured the big reason that, you know, they didn't do it is because it's like, well, it's like, it was a title on Xbox and now Sony owns them. So it's like, does Sony really want to do that? And then what will they do about the first game? Blah, blah, blah. But now we know they made like actually just a few hundred dollars total. And I'm like, what? I get it now. Someone just was like, okay, guys, we made like a couple hundred bucks. Let's have a pizza party. <laughs> like, that's that's the game. That was, uh, that was game our profit. Well, one pizza party. And, and we, it's one slice per employee. <laughs> and it's yep. fucking Little Caesars. That's all we can swing. Goddamn. Oh, man. I, I, yeah, I, and that is so depressing uh-huh. because it's like... Because obviously, you know, game publishers don't owe us this kind of information, but it would be nice to know just because it's like, hey, how come we don't see this game? It's like, oh, yeah, we just lost so much money. Like, Ratchet and Clank apparently lost a lot of money. Like, way more than I would have expected for Ratchet and Clank. Because, like, that's an IP you still hear good things about. Like, uh, I, I don't think I've heard, like, too many bad things about Ratchet yeah, Clank. I, kind of understand that they'll make more of that regardless because it's an IP that they know they can invest in, right? But stuff like Yeah, Star and the, according to the plans they have stuff in the works for that, so. Stuff like Definitely Overdrive, okay. never going to see again probably, which is unfortunate because it did set up a potential sequel. Um, mm-hmm. There's, you know, obviously in the works so you got more Spider-Man stuff. We're not going to discuss, like, fully what was revealed. Like, the leaks are out there if you want to source them. 
but basically at this there's been a lot of jokes about insomniac being basically a marvel studio but when you look at like their other titles it's like well i mean that's what sells yeah (laughs) that's what sells well enough to justify the cost of these titles which you know sucks because it's like when people ask for like brand new stuff it's like well how much can you actually risk on that and then you look at titles like ghost of tsushima which you know was also kind of thrown into the mix of that like how little that cost to make versus how much it made so like there are ways to make a new game look phenomenal play phenomenal and not cost a fucking marvel you know movie budget to develop right so that's what kind of weirded me out like what is all of this extra money going to other than like what animations rat fur you know like the amount of detail that you see in spider-man like yeah it's insane but look at ghost of Tsushima, for example that that was one of my favorite games i went back and finally finished it on ps5 because uh, i never beat it on ps4 like fully um which was a lot more of a learning curve to relearn how to play that game than i thought it would be because <laughs> it's pretty in-depth the combat in that but like that game looks fucking amazing. And it's like a quarter of the budget of a Spider-Man game. <laughs> so I don't... Yeah, and I really do think that's the best future like gaming has at this point. Because it's not going to be these big do-or-die games. Because eventually, we're going to reach the point where you know none of them are making any money. Because like only like... Either one or two will succeed, or all the live service games are just going to take the rest of Bye. Hey, guys, you want to make Fortnite 2? Why, when Fortnite 1 makes all this? But this time, we'll add hoverboards. We can do that in Fortnite 1. And we'll add bigger booties on the characters. I'm sold! Like, Yeah, I, I, I don't I, even I, know. I'm making the joke, because like the, the number one searched character on Pornhub was Chun-Li... But not from Street Fighter, but from Fortnite. And I, felt- you know, that that's like an extra level of depressing because I feel like we always make the joke where it's like, oh hey, it's Naruto from Fortnite. But I never actually thought, I never actually thought anybody was doing stuff like that. And, and I then I remember it's just like this is just what a whole generation has grown up with. So it's yeah. like it is what it is. Yeah, I, if you look at the Chun Li, it's like how we were with Smash, right? Like, how many of us in our generation thought Roy was from Smash? Like, yeah, no, fighting. you're you're right. Like, it's and then we finally got stuff like you know Fire Emblem over here at some point, right? But like, yeah, eventually we did. But like, if you look at like the model for Chun Li and Fortnite versus the model in like a game of Street Fighter, just name any of the nine billion Street Fighter games. I understand why people would search up the Chun-Li from Fortnite, because somebody was really down bad when they designed that version. <laughs> it's insane. The amount I mean, of... understandable is all I'll say. I, I'm not trying to, like, sound porn-brained on the podcast, but I, I get it. I get it. Um, But, like, you're right. Like, it's this is just this generation's Super Smash Brothers. Like, you get fucking Ash Williams from Evil Dead. You get, you know, Chun-Li from Street Fighter. You get Naruto from Naruto. Um, It's crazy. Yeah, if anything, like, this probably does more than Smash. Because Smash was always, like, 
Nintendo um, might be. Pretty limited, because we always thought, it's like, who could possibly work in Smash? But, like, in Fortnite, like, they could just put anybody. They really could just put anybody they want. Yeah. Yeah, there's a snapshot of them wherever because of how the lore works. So every character in existence exists in that fucking universe because they wrote it. And I, I find that like the funniest lore ever and also the laziest lore ever, but I kind of fuck with it. Um, Speaking of lazy lore... I mean, when you make that much money, nobody cares about the lore. Yeah, speaking of lazy lore and lazy games, uh, did you see the um, what we're doing with Steamboat Willie? Ah, uh, yeah. Steamboat Willie. Let's talk about that. Because, you know what? On one hand, uh, like when I first learned about, you know, public domain and how Disney kind of screwed up public domain for all of us just by all the lobbying they did with Congress, it was just nice to be like, okay, now their stuff is finally starting to bleed over. So let's take full advantage of it. But at the same time, people are doing the most laziest things they could possibly do. Yep. Super so, frustrating. So, like, we have uh, a Steamboat Willie horror game, two Steamboat Willie horror movies, uh, and a bunch of 9-11 memes. Yep. And, like, I think Adult Swim put, like, a bumper, and they were like, hey, this is cool. We can do this now. It's I'm just, like, all right, come Mickey, on, guys. It's just Mickey humping public domain, I think, was what it said. Yeah, it was. And again, that's very on brand for them. But I'm also like, this is the most creative thing I've seen for this. And that is not okay. I, I tweeted out one thing that I found and I posted um, the actual TikTok I sourced it from um, in the server. But like, it, it was like, they, they just reworked the cartoon a little bit. Um, and I'm like, that's great and all. But like, come on. Like, we can do better with this. And then I'm like, you know what? Watching Mickey go around stabbing people, you know, and being, like, the, the most anti-child-friendly thing ever is pretty funny when you think about it. But I want more. Yep. I want I want something that's not lazy horror schlock. And I say that as somebody that loves lazy horror schlock. But making Mickey blood and honey, basically, is not it. Because the Pooh movie was dog shit. And I cannot believe that is getting a sequel. But I kind of respect it. And I'll go see the dog shit sequel. Because I love the fact that we're shitting on, like, the, the, the source material. But fucking yeah. Christ. Like. Because, I mean, like, when people make good stuff out of the IP, like, that's how people, like, discover some of these characters and stories. Like, I... Like, Sherlock Holmes, I think, is, like, the iconic example. At least for in my mind. Because it's, like, I discovered... Sherlock Holmes through like a lot of the more modern TV shows that came out uh, when I was in like a teenager, yeah. and you know there were like movies as well before then, Robert and whatnot, Robert. and that's because people actually tried to do something with this like amazing character that was established and world and stuff. So, you know, if we're starting to get you know more stuff in the public domain, let's actually try to do things that show people it's like, hey, this is worth getting more things into the public domain. Right, like... Because otherwise, it's like, you know what? Maybe the lobbyists have a point. Don't, please don't make me agree with lobbyists. Yeah, Come well, on, guys. Like, I grew up on British TV because my mom loves it. So, like, I, I had, like, um, the OG, like, black and white, like, Sherlock Holmes uh, 
like PBS style shows. I think they were actually BBC, obviously, but like, um, like those. And then like Robert Downey Jr. had the the two like um, yeah, two like movies. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, Benedict Cumberbatch had the um the TV show um as well. It was like more modern uh, hacking and shit like that. I'm like, this is cool. And then Enola Holmes came out during the the pandemic, uh, and they did like a movie, I believe. Uh, and then like they were yeah, I didn't to, see it myself, but yeah, they were trying to do the sequel, but they were going to talk about a a particular story that wasn't in the public domain yet. So they had to put it off until like this year, I believe, uh, the sequel. So it would be public domain and. Like, that's the craziness of it. Um, but, like, it's... You're right. Like, I, I kind of am agreeing with a lobbyist that this is what the the best that we can come up with is, like, two horror movies and a shitty Unity asset flip game. Like, there, there's so much more you can do with this. And it's unfortunate, like, this is the first we'll get out of it. But I'm hoping, like, as time goes on, we'll see more creative stuff. Like, obviously, The Grinch is public domain. We had a slasher of that. Um, I have more hopes for the um, the Steamboat Willie that is made by the dude that is working on Terrifier franchise. Uh, because that is a phenomenal franchise. Um, but Yeah, some of these that could actually be good as much as I'm, like, shitting on them. And, you know, I'll be happy if that's the case. But, yeah, like you said, like, I I would hope that because a lot of these projects are almost definitely people who had this like ready to go like uh-huh. as soon as the public domain was like up. Yeah, like the fact um, that the trailers went public the second the fucking, you know, copyright expired is just telling. They were like, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to finally make Mickey Mouse a killer. Shit. Other people thought of this, too. It's like, I haven't had a single original thought in my head. Uh, But anyway, yeah, so hopefully that now that other people have discovered this through all these, like, you know, more memeing uh, ideas, they're like, hey, maybe I could, you know, do something fun. Like, I mean, this isn't Steamboat Willie specifically, but uh, Bendy is coming out with some new stuff. um, And I'm a little surprised by that, but it's very much inspired by this era of animation. So I think we'll probably see more because I think this, like, with the popularity of things like Cuphead and, um, like, uh, these style of cartoons, we'll probably see more people try to make things and use the uh, original IP with that style. And I think that'll be cool once we get some more serious players in the works. Oh, yeah. And that's all it's going to take is more serious people. Um because there's a lot of creative people out there. It's just like, why? Why are we having, like, this be the first up? And it, it makes sense because, like, a lot of these are just asset flips and, like, meme movies. And they don't take a lot because, like, special effects for horror have never been, like, the primary, um, you know, target. You know, as long as you can tell story and kill people. Like, everybody loves a good slasher, right? But... Yeah, it'll it'll either work. It'll be horrific. That's that's the two um, two possibilities for it. And I know that's like the two possibilities for everything. But like, it's more here because like 
if these don't work well, we won't see anybody really do anything with this property again, which is unfortunate. Um, because that will give more incentive to people like Disney to continue lobbying because we're like, see, once it went into the public domain, it doesn't work. Um, and yeah, you know, that'd be the worst case scenario, but again, so we really don't want to start proving lobbyists exactly. correct. Uh, but you know, speaking of correct, uh, I was kind of right on one of these. Uh, Fallout's getting a big year. Uh, uh yeah. I, I I love Fallout. It's one of my favorite franchises. Seeing it have some success in the new year is you know really cool. I'm not the biggest fan of stuff like Fallout 76, though. Uh, obviously, like it's getting a big expansion, though. Um, but I did you see the trailer for the Fallout show? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I'm not as big into Fallout as you are, but the show looks pretty interesting. Yeah, like I was afraid. What platform is it coming on? Amazon. Ah, well, maybe I won't see it then. But <laughs> I'm sure it'll be somewhere. We'll um yeah that's how i feel about like hell of or uh has been hotel right because i'm like god damn it that's this the platform i mean yeah i basically just gave up hope on that but it's fine i'm I'm like i have prime because i order a lot of shit from amazon so like it makes sense to have prime and it's like the easiest interface for like my family to use and they you know use a lot of streaming services as well so i'm like here just fucking put them on this um, but it's still, it's still unfortunate that's the platform it's on. I was afraid it would be in the veins of the Halo TV show, though, you know, because as much as I loved memeing the Halo TV show when it was coming out, I know there's a season two coming out, and that season two looks more like Halo than season one, which makes me think, like, why didn't you fucking lead with this, you idiots? Um, <laughs> I, um... I'm hopeful seeing the trailer, and I I really, really like the idea of having a full-on, like, Fallout universe on TV, because it works it for what it's trying to do, right? It's telling this expansive story, trying to, like, dive into the lore based on what's going on in the trailer. Like, we have, like, the Brotherhood of Steel showing up, we have a lot of, like what look like Enclave soldiers as well. So, like, we could ha- dive into the lore of those characters that were explored early on in, like, the sh- uh, the games that nobody wants to go back and play Fallout 1 and 2 because, like, they have aged like molasses. Uh, it's horrible. Yeah, I've play. tried. I, I have <laughs> That to. was not a good experience. <laughs> I, I, I don't mind CRPGs when they look halfway like they came from the century. Uh... But those, like, even even now look rough. Even back then they were kind of rough. But, like, now going back to play them, I have more, I would have more of a chance of going back and playing Elder Scrolls Arena than those. And that's saying a lot. Um, mm-hmm. It also looks like absolute dog shit now, but it's still at least playable. Um, so I'm hoping they can introduce some of those uh, aspects into it for newer players and newer fans. Because, like, the goal of a TV show adaptation is to introduce new people into the franchise. And what better way to do that with than with one of the most popular games, which is having an anniversary this year with Fallout 3. 
Um, because, like, trying to get it to play natively on a modern PC is a challenge. Uh, the only way I was able to stream it was with a Tale of Two Wastelands mod. Uh, so... And even then, it doesn't work 100% of the time, because, like, some areas, like, overwrite code-wise, apparently, because, like, certain enemies were just, like, invalid objects while I was streaming it, which was really fun. Uh... So, like, if you've ever played, like, Gmod, if a player doesn't have the skin that you're using, it'll just show up as, like, a red bar. It kind of had, like, that effect. Um, gotcha. So, so, it was really weird. Like, bloat flies, like, certain versions of bloat flies didn't load in, which was stupid. Um, so, yeah, like, that was cool, I guess. Uh, and then Fallout 4 is also having an anniversary of this year, so it's just, like, a big year for Fallout. Um, and we, we hear, like, the rumors of a next-gen port, or, like, a confirmed next-gen port, I believe, actually, now. Um, which I thought they already oh, got. confirmed? Nice. I thought they already got that. Um, so, like, I was out of the loop on that one, and this is a franchise I follow, like, somewhat regularly, so, um, that one shocked me. The other, like, interesting bits for this is... We kind of know that they're going to be working on a new title. Um, I don't figure it'll come out until after that mid-gen refresh, though. Um, if we get the mid-gen refresh, well, we know we're getting with Microsoft, so you know we. Yeah, we, but I mean, also if it's like if it's Fallout, it's probably going to prioritize that, right, Microsoft? Yeah. So like, it, it'll be interesting to see like what the uh the next game is because we know we're getting a fallout 4 mod the size of an expansion pack called fallout london uh which also stars one of the old doctor who doctors as a character in it so they were able to get like oh, actual mm -hmm. voice talent in this mod which is really cool uh i've watched the trailer for uh that fallout london and it looks impressive uh so i'll be I'll actually be streaming that when it comes out. I gotta actually have a completed Fallout 4 file on Steam, though, which is something I gotta do, because I haven't played through Fallout 4 on my PC, which is blasphemy, I know. I just... I'm not the biggest Fallout 4 fan. I hate the base building, which was, like, a big reason I wasn't the, the biggest Starfield fan. <laughs> there was so much focus on goddamn supplies in that game, it just drove me insane. But, um, yeah... It's it's really cool. Like I, I'm happy that this franchise is getting like a lot of love right now. Um, and if you want to support like fan projects, uh, the dude who did Nuka Break is doing a whole new story in that universe, and he's doing a Kickstarter. So if you're interested in that, um, the links are out there on the internet. YouTube is flagging videos that you put too many links in the comments for, which is fucking stupid. Um, yeah, well, I guess I can't blame them too much on that. That's probably unfortunately due to bots, yeah. which <laughs> this is how they decide to handle that. Like, like, I tried to link a TikTok in the comments of one of the Chainsaw Man videos, and every time I would link it, it wouldn't even show up on Red's in on like YouTube Studio, it just automatically delete it. So I had to be like, here. Yep. Put the fucking link up yeah, yourself. Yeah, that's happened to my videos too. Like, people have, you know, asked for, like, sources of stuff I've done or shown, and I would try to link that because I think that's a fair question, but it's like, well, no, 
the comment will disappear. And I can't even undisappear it. I don't even understand how that works. Like, I think you can do it through, like, the PC side of YouTube Studio now. Um, but Maybe. I don't want to bother doing it, though. It's not so, worth it. It's, it's really not. You just put it in the description of your video, and it should be good. Um, yeah, that'll probably be easier. But, but yeah, uh, the point is we're probably still not going to do that though, for this video because we'll forget. Oh, absolutely. And I'm not going to put somebody else's stuff in there uh, for the purpose of that in case the Kickstarter turns out to be a scam. Because uh, there's so much. Yeah, that's a good point. I Not that I'm saying this dude is going to scam because he's done this before. I just don't want to be liable if any of our viewers get scammed by this because uh, there's been too much of that even to like some would argue Mighty Number no. Nine is the greatest scam of all from Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the biggest money laundering scheme ever. So yeah, like I, I don't really want to do that. Um, even though I love Nuka Break, it was one of the first fan projects I ever watched. I don't want to be, you know, deemed partially responsible for anybody losing their money. Um, so yeah. Uh, there's one more I put in the Discord server, and then we can cycle back to anything else you want to talk about. Um, have you ever ordered from Limited Run Games? I personally not, but I know of them. And I've heard they're getting more and more controversial. Because, like, when I first heard of Limited Run Games, it's just like, oh, it's cool that they there's this way to put, like, indie games and other titles in physical cartridges. But then I've heard that they're not so great at actually distributing them. So, my experience with them that caused me the most headache was the Scott Pilgrim game. So I bought the on tour edition where you have like the suitcase that came with like the drumsticks and the guitar picks and all that shit. And I I understand manufacturing issues, especially during COVID when I ordered it. Totally acceptable. Right? Totally get that. It should not take two and a half years to get me something I pre-ordered. On any level. Whatsoever. It did. Uh, I ordered that right at the start of the pandemic when it first opened up the pre-orders. They took my 300 fucking dollars immediately, by the way. Uh... <laughs> So, like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, cool, I'll get this. At the time that they said, it was August of that year. It was supposed to come, right? I did not get that till I was moving out of my old apartment. And it came looking like somebody had drop-kicked it down a flight of stairs and off of a truck. So I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is going to be totally destroyed. I'm not going to get any of my money back. It The way they packaged it, Came in perfect condition other than the shipping container. That was a miracle in and of itself. Today, I, yeah, got, the, today I got the newsletter because I'm still subscribed to it, even though I haven't ordered anything. And I, I like this idea in theory. I don't trust it to be handled well, giving my experience with them. I know a lot of people have had better experiences if they just order like the base version of the game. That's totally acceptable. But when you order a product, you expect to get that product on somewhat of a normal timeline. And maybe they've gotten better post-pandemic because manufacturing is like picked up and it's not as much of a like shortage of materials and shit. But um, 
Today they announced a product uh, service called Purple Dot, where you can uh, give you like the ability to order partial shipping. So, like, say the soundtrack for the game that you ordered can uh, it's it's done before like the actual physical version of the product for whatever reason. They'll ship you under this program like the soundtrack when it's out, and then the the other stuff like that. It's a cool idea. I don't know how well it'll happen. Or anything, because that's, you know, I've had a shitty experience with them. I'm not trying to discredit them fully, but, like, it's a common occurrence. I've talked to multiple friends who had the same issue with, like, the Doom Collector's Edition. Uh, They're having, like, issues with the Persona Collector's Editions right now, having some uh, manufacturing delays on some of the stuff, even though, like, they announced that and hyped it up for, like, six fucking months. But, yeah. Uh, So that's the thing now. Uh, Is there anything else you want to talk about real quick? Let's see. Um, well, I did see that uh, follow TikTok you sent me, and that did get me thinking about we could talking about like things we're looking forward to for the year since this is our New Year gaming podcast, effectively. Yeah, I'll let you. So, start- I like. Are there any titles like that you're really looking forward to playing 2024? I got a couple. Um, right now. Uh, I'm really looking forward to a DLC a lot, and that is the, the two DLCs. Uh, everybody knows I fucking love Power Wash Simulator. It's like right. my cozy game. You stream it a lot. <laughs> it's my cozy game. Um, there's just something about that game that kind of takes your mind off of everything. I think it's the same way like a lot of people actually go into like actual power washing and think about stuff like that, uh, where it just shuts their mind off. But uh, they're having a Warhammer DLC, and I love Warhammer. So, like, I uh, I love the world of Warhammer. I don't play the tabletop. Um, but, um, yeah, like, I'm looking forward to that DLC. And uh, Cold of the Lamb, another one of my cozy games. Uh, oh, yeah, I saw you posted that. The, the Sins of the Flesh, which is their sex update, is coming out <laughs> soon. That was and a great like, trade. <laughs> I'm like, are you fucking, I thought it was a meme, you know, like the Amazon insurance, like where you can order like health insurance from Amazon if you're a Prime member. I thought that was a joke. That's a real thing. I thought the Sins of the Flesh DLC was in the same vein. Like, are you fucking kidding me? They made a sex update because everybody was talking about, they were memeing on like, well, if Baldur's Gate can have it, so can Cold of the Lamb. And they're like, you know what? Fuck it. Sex update. Here you go. Yep. This is what this is where everything's at it now with gaming. Everything uh, if, is a sex update. If I can't have sex with my companion, I don't want it. Y'all y'all okay? <laughs> Are gamers okay? Do you, do you need a hug? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll be right back while you talk about a couple of years. I gotta go figure out what the heck's going on in the other room. Yeah, sure. Okay, so yeah, basically uh, this part of the thing, I just kind of want to talk about like gaming stuff that we were looking forward to. And I think one thing I'm looking forward to, um, we talked about the Fallout show, but there are other gaming shows that are coming out that I'm interested in. One, of course, being like the Sonic 3 movie. I'm like probably most excited about that in terms of tangentially gaming related things because that's Shadow the Hedgehog, which was like one of my favorite uh, gaming characters for like most of my life and then Sonic Prime season the last season or I should say season three but it's like the last part of season one technically Netflix just chopped it up that's coming in the next couple of days episode one is already out so I'm looking forward to that 
Um, and let's see. There's Mike come out with that Knuckles TV show for like the movie spin-off. So yeah, a lot of the extra programs. I think oh yeah, Arcane is getting something. Kane's getting another season. So like a lot of things in gaming, it's more the outside gaming stuff that I'm like super excited for. Because like in terms of the actual games, um the stuff that I'm interested in, some of it's still in like the rumor mill area where nothing's super confirmed. Um, but if Nintendo is releasing like a new system this year, which we don't know for sure if they are, because right. they could just keep making Switch money for like years. Because uh, oh, Nintendo fans will just keep buying their stuff. But if Nintendo is releasing a new system, I would be interested to see what titles they have up on. Uh, for launch, like it will we get like a new Smash Bros? Will we get like um, a when brand new IP? Remember when they announced Metroid Prime Four for the launched window? Oh or... yeah, there's that too. <laughs> That's a thing. Maybe that'll that be might still exist. Switch to uh, launch title. That's the only launch yeah, title we're see. missing. By the way, I went back and watched that trailer. That is the only one we're missing now because Shin Megami Tensei Five came out finally. That is the only launch title uh, we're yeah. missing. Uh, which annoys me to no fucking end because Metroid Prime was one of my favorite GameCube franchises. And yeah, and the uh, remake was pretty good, so you know, people are ready for Metroid Prime. Exactly. But speaking of which, they might still release, like, I feel the other, they're like Prime 2 and 3, maybe before we get 4. I, I can see them doing that. Such a Nintendo move. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know what I really think we'll see? I'll. Remember when the Mario movie, like, came out and, like, all the Mario titles sold, so they were, like, probably going to capitalize on that with, like, a new Peach game and the Thousand-Year Door port. So I think that with the Zelda movie in the works, they're probably going to come out with some Zelda titles for their next console. Now, I don't know when the Zelda movie's actually coming out, but I have a feeling that those are going to be in the works. We'll probably get Zelda Collection. Remember, like, the All-Stars one for Mario? where it was? Oh, like, uh, yeah. That was such a dumb idea. Like, I <laughs> can't believe they got away with it. I bought it day one, and it was on store shelves for, like, a year and a half. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I could have waited. Um... But yeah. I mean, but still, the idea of like a limited time collection of games that I don't even understand any of that. It's not like you were. I, I don't know why they needed to do that. Because if they do that with Zelda, it's like, okay, you can play all these cool Zelda games, but we won't sell it forever because it's like, come on. You'll just forget about Zelda eventually, I guess. I don't know. I have bought. Uh. I have bought Ocarina of Time so many times. I hate myself. I mean, yeah, but that's the other thing with Nintendo. They are very bad about legacy content. Like, somehow it's easier to transfer your Pokemon from older games than it is to transfer your actual games from old mm -hmm. systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until Actually, they... wait. I take that back. Pokemon Bank, that's still a thing, right? For now, you can still access it if you had a subscription, okay. I guess. I don't know the logistics of it anymore. Because I panic bought... Because like, I heard they're removing like a, one of the Pokemon TV apps, so I'm like, okay, wait, which apps are they just removing now? Um, like, they'll eventually shut down the, the servers for Pokemon Bank, though, because why keep the one thing active? Because um, that's the only thing that's active anymore on the 3DS, right? 
Um, because you can't access like the, the the eShop. Can't access and, almost anything else. I tried to open the YouTube app on the, my 3DS because I I'm jailbreaking my 3DS now at this point because I don't fucking need it. Um, right. Well, I mean, like, there's no service anymore, so why keep it? I took all of my Pokemon out of it, so I don't care. Um, but, like, I, I'm i just, like, does the YouTube app work anymore, right? Because I got curious. Because I saw somebody on, like, TikTok try to access it on their original Wii, for whatever reason, I guess, for the video. Um... And it doesn't work. It'll it'll load to the like homepage and it'll look like two thousand six um uh, YouTube and it'll crash. Uh so I'm like, you know what? Well, does the YouTube app work on the three DS nope. It doesn't even open. It's um like nothing that's internet connected on that system works anymore, other than Pokemon Bank. Which is insane. Yeah, like the amount like the 360 stores shutting down this year too, which is crazy to think about. But when you look at how long that actually functioned, right? It had a hell of a life cycle. And most Yeah, I will give that to Xbox. They are very good at like backwards compatibility. Like Sony in comparison. And I I did think about discussing this, but I it wasn't like a big thing, but like the whole okay, you can buy this game onto the newest platform, but you have to pay a $10 upgrade fee. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. That just feels stupid. Yeah, but... I like, kind of get it, but it all still feels stupid. Yeah, it does. And, and, like, the vast majority of the titles, you're able to, like, still get in some capacity. I have an article here of um, the 47 games I'll be totally lost when that's shut down. Um, delisted games made this list, right? And it's it's not a lot, which is surprising. So you have things like Aegis Wing, Arcadian Warriors, Battle Zone, Blazing Birds, Boogie Bunnies, Bubble Pop, Neo, Crazy Mouse, Crimson Alliance, Defenders of Arandia, Diabolical Pitch, The Dishwasher, Dead Samurai. Double Dragon 2, Wanderer of Dragons, Fire Pro Wrestling, Free Fall Racers, Fruit Ninja Connect, Full House Poker, Fusions Genesis, uh, Gel Set Match, Gotham City Imposters, which I wish would come back. That was a fun game. Uh, Happy Tree Friends, False Alarm, Haunt, Home Run Stars, Hybrid Connect Fun Labs, and Sports Gems. Uh, Lead Mies. Meteos Wars, Minesweeper Flags, Mini Ninjas Adventures, which Mini Ninjas was a fun little franchise. Panzer General Allied Assault. Uh this was like this was my like OG power wash simulator, the Path of Go. I love Go. I that was one of the first things I bought when I was like first working was a Go board. Um which is weird to think about when you think about like what my other games that I play are. <laughs> Uh, Puzzle Arcade, uh, Puzzle Bobble Live, Rainbow Islands, Towering Adventures, Recoil, Liberator, Schizoid, Spyglass Board Games, two South Park games, and South Park Let's Go Tower Defense Play, and Scott, uh, South Park, uh, Scott Tinnerman's Revenge, uh, Things on Wheels, Totem Ball, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Special Editions, Wings Commander Arena, Wits and Wagers, 
Wreckets here, Yoho Kablamo, and Zombie Wranglers. Uh, okay, that's quite a list. But yeah, not too titles. much, though. Yeah, 47 titles out of literally, I believe there is over a million Xbox Live arcade games alone. Uh, somebody You're did a tethered. list years ago uh, before the Xbox One came out, and it was insane how many titles there were. Um, so the fact that, like, 47 out of all of those titles is all that we're losing is incredible and the amount of preservation that Microsoft puts out. It's still sad that 47 titles are going to be, like, dead media, like, lost media. Um, so if you want to download those, I'll try to remember to put this Games Radar article uh, that D-Listed Games... Um, made the list of or i'll link just the dlc games which was the original thing uh in the description i'll probably forget i'll tweet it from the control chaos account if nothing else um um so you can actually you know find it because uh, that is like our least active account out of all of our social medias is like i usually just tag stuff from my personal twitter at this point because i'm not logged in on my personal phone to the Control Chaos account by design, but I'll make sure to tweet this out anyway. Um, but like, that's how devoted Microsoft is to like media preservation, which is pretty cool. Um, and you don't see that from like a Nintendo perspective or uh, a Sony perspective. Realistically, the most we got for like game preservation from Tony was like, we'll keep the PS3 store active for another couple of years, I guess, because you guys bitched enough. <laughs> I mean, it's something. We'll take it. Yeah. I the 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 fact that there's still 1.5 million users on the PS3 blew my mind though. Like Oh yeah, I remember that seeing a, that. That was something that shot. I mean, me. it's it's weirdly nice though, I guess, to think that some people are just kind of being just enjoying their games and like not worried too much about like you know all the like new bullshit that people are dealing with. Because oh, yeah. I feel like sometimes it is just nice to like boot up like an old console, well, provided it still works, and just play some of those old games. Because you don't have to worry about it's like okay, I need to get connect this to the internet, and then make sure the multiplayer is working. It's like oh, no one's playing on the servers. You know, it's just like. Boot up an old system, play some old games. It's yeah. really was more straightforward than anything. Oh, for sure. I'm going to put this uh, article in the general gaming chat, so I remember to tweet it out. Nice. Um, but there's but yeah. In terms of actual games, I think like the one I was really looking forward to was like the Nikkei developers were like are like working on something that's apparently coming out and it's on PlayStation in 2024. That's and that could be fun. Cool. There's a couple of Game Pass Game Pass games coming out soon that I'm interested in. But yeah, oh, yeah. I think like some of the there are like a bunch of titles. Like the big thing that I'm hoping for is that we finally hear about that Dragon Quest three remake that Team Asano has supposedly been working on, and it's been coming along because like we haven't heard anything. But they don't have any titles right now, like announced other than that. So. I'm hoping that just comes out, because I'm ready to play that one. Oh my god, yeah. Like, I... There's one other, like, really random title that I want to play, and 
I don't know if it's coming out this year, but I am, aside from, like, the Final Fantasy VII remake part that's coming out, because that should be obvious that I want to play that, because I'm a Final Fantasy yep. simp, um, I want so desperately for it to come out this year, and that's Warhammer Space Marine 2. I believe it's coming out this year, because they have pre-orders for, like, Yeah, this, like, I think that was coming out I want to say September, but don't quote me on that. But I could have sworn I, I was watching like a video about people talking about like titles yeah, they're looking forward to, and I saw that on the list. I think they said September, but I'm not 100% on that. I'm not as hyped as Luke is for the South Park Snow Day, but I know he's been talking yeah, about that. Yeah, I mean, it, it might be fine, but it's just like the, the last South Park games were like really cool because it felt like playing the show and through genres like RPGs and tactical RPGs, uh, which are like, you know, two of my, like some of my favorite uh, genres of games and, you know, it's South Park. But this feels more like, okay, guys, what everyone's playing nowadays are like these multiplayer, um, you know, arena games. So let's just do that. Yeah, and like, I'm not the biggest multiplayer person anymore. Like, I play a fuck ton of Fortnite. Like, that's my multiplayer game. So, like, I I get, like, the one to get into the multiplayer genre, but, like, it's still... I'm sure we'll stream it, too, uh, because we're all South Park fans to some extent. But, like... Yep. And I'll buy it just to make content out of it with you guys. But, like, it's it's not my go-to genre of multiplayer games. So, like, I probably won't get as much enjoyment out of it as I did, like, Fractured Butthole and Stick of Truth. But I get South Park's logic behind it, you know? Um, yeah, I, I guess it's just that I would hope that maybe they would still consider going back and doing, like, a traditional RPG or even oh, just an action RPG. Because, um, like... This could be fun and, you know, probably do well. Because uh, South Park, I feel like, is like somehow still like super big in the current years. It's still like doing very well for itself. Okay. So I think the game will sell well. Uh, but I think that, and again, I'm just judging based on the trailers, of course, but based on just that, it just feels less inspired. And maybe I also think it's the environment, because something I've learned, I think, about myself more recently is that snowy environments are kind of boring in games and fictional settings, because they can be cool if you, like, really get creative with it. But when it's just mostly snow and some ice, it's like, it's just a lot of white everywhere. Well, I mean, it is also and that just feels Colorado, boring. so... Yeah, and it is snow day, so it fits, but it just does the last ones are like a giant fantasy setting, like superheroes, so it's way flashier than oh, just absolutely. a snowball fight. Um there's also like a couple others that I'm looking forward to. I don't know like your thoughts on them. Um There's um Alone in the Dark is like one of my favorite franchises from back in the day. Like it's been done dirty the last couple uh releases. I played the like ten minute demo during one of the um the streams we did, and it was really fun. I liked the direction of it. Um, it looks like it'll be done a lot better. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, Stalker Two, which kind of got fucked up. Um, 
by the Ukraine Russia conflict. Because, uh, so, like, the developer is a, like, Ukraine based developer. So, like, it got pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. I believe it's coming out this year. Yeah, which is understandable. Like, yeah. It's saying Q1 on Steam's front page because I went to there. Uh, uh, it's like there's a $109 version of it, which is, uh, what the fuck is that? Because there's like nothing listed, like usually. Um, usually, like when there's a uh, collector's edition or like a deluxe edition, they say what's coming in it. Uh, oh, here we go. It's like six pages down. Ultimate edition, uh, story based side quests, uh, season pass with all future DLCs, including two story expansions. Uh, Three multiplayer skins, seven weapon skins. Uh, one single player skin, three weapon skins. Jesus Christ. Uh, early bird stuff. So that's cool, I guess. I don't think I'll buy that. Um, and the, the funny thing is, like, it's not really graphically intensive at all. Um, but I've always loved the Stalker franchise. It was a unique shooter. Um, uh, also, like... You have the uh, Suicide Squad game, which I'm uh, yeah. I have so many mixed feelings about that. But yeah, I'm it going... looked really cool when it started, and I'm I'm a Suicide Squad fan. But if it is like just a you know live service game, it's not really what I want exactly. to play. Exactly, that's my feelings. Exactly. Um, September 9th for Space Marine Two, by the way correct on that yeah i knew it was september yeah um dragon's dogma 2 looks incredible i was a big fan of the original dragon uh, yeah Saga. yeah that's coming out yeah uh, i played a little bit of the first one but i didn't like finish it so it's a cut for me it's more like do i want to complete that game first before yeah, I, get into two, I gotta but... go back and beat it on steam because i'll be playing on pc um yeah. i love so. that there is a Full page for Raid Shadow Legends on Steam because apparently it's getting added to Steam. Ah, I've heard Summoners Wars got recently added to Steam, and I'm like, why? That thing's like ancient. I played that in college, so yeah, it's pretty fucking old. Um, mm -hmm. like it's it's insane, like the amount of stuff is getting like Steam ports just because it's convenient at this point. Um, I guess, and it's nice, but it feels way too late. It really does. Um, yeah, like, like I think having gotcha games on PC is nice because it's like, while it's convenient to play on your phone, like these, some of these games have enough budget in them that they would look just graphically better on a computer. Oh, for sure. It's it's funny though. Like I. Like, the meme for being content creators is, like, why not do a Raid Shadow Legend ad? And I'll tell you why. They don't offer a lot of money for what they want you to do. That being said, I, like, peeling the curtain back, um, Stream Elements does these, um, like, you can do, like, ads through them. Like, they offer you, like, campaigns. And there's other sites that do it, too, because I know Stream Elements bad. Uh, currently, um, based on the internet's reception of them, 
for reasons I don't fully understand. Somebody might be able to, like, clarify that. But I saw a lot of TikTokers saying, like, hey, don't don't support them because of blah, 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 blah. And there's no, like, concrete answer for that. So if somebody wants to clarify, like, a concrete answer in the comments, that'd be great. Uh, but they offer these, like, campaigns to where you can, like, stream a, like, mobile-ish game uh, and then get, like, paid through them. And a lot of creators do that because they offer more financial compensation uh, through their platform than you would get from, say, doing an actual ad read and a video uh, for a lot of these. I've gotten, like, Raid Shadow Legends uh, ones that they've offered. Um Star Trek Fleet Command, uh, Ant Kingdom, like, a lot of these, like, and it's based on, like, clicks to your stream and what have you. I've, like, honestly thought about doing a couple of those in the past, but I've never really committed to them because I don't really like playing mobile games other than, like, Honkai Star Rail, obviously, on stream. Uh, <laughs> and uh, So many stream plugs. I, it's, it's, it's funny. It's funny though, to do those things. Like, like I, I got, you know, the, um, I got, finally got ready to read like motion mission. Yosa core family on stream. It was yeah, fun. we did. You, it was mostly just the, the mods and YouTube, but you know, it's something. Like, it's something like, I, cause I've been begging them to read it. I've been begging to like, actually, you know, cover something other than chainsaw man. And like, on that channel. Yeah, and it also didn't help that we really couldn't remember where we left off with Fire Punch because it was like a really long time ago. By now. I I think I have the last stream archive on my like eight terabyte external, so I just gotta dig that up because I used to record like the the like the actual archive or download them for you know clipping purposes, but I never really decided until like somewhat recently to archive all of those old streams on like another channel um i have like one of the first streams i did ever um of fucking batman uh arkham asylum because <laughs> i was using it to like those and it's still kind of like the goal behind like a lot of those streams is like beat my bat backlog um so if i decide to dig back through that thing i could get up is here somewhere in the studio i could probably figure out exactly where we left off on those by just context clues uh if like you couldn't read the like chapter number i could probably just pick up like what chapter it was we left off on that i think like we did it in uh old old like fucking six hour stream or seven hour stream because we used to do those um so i'd have to scroll through a lot of footage to figure that out too but yeah, like, that was fun to do. Maybe I can get him to review that. I know he was going to do something like 100 Girlfriends as well. I want to get his ass to play through Kingdom Hearts more, though. That's my fucking goal. But um, that'll be when I move. Yeah, on. I would play more Kingdom Hearts if they just got it off the Epic Store. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. Like, because it is... Kingdom Hearts. I don't know what deal Disney possibly got in. Wasn't for that, Disney? But... It was. Um, oh, it was Square. Because uh, they use the mm. um, the Unreal Engine now for those games, so I think they had to give oh. the exclusivity to Epic, which is unfortunate. <laughs> okay. It's unfortunate. It's the same reason, like Alan Wake will probably never get off of the Epic Game Store as well, 
Um, God damn it. I mean, you could always get it for like the PS5 or the Series X if you want to do a console, but I know you don't want to have like a billion. I mean, yeah, but it's it, like at the same time, it's, it's nice to not, like I said earlier, get another device to play exactly. games. And I mean, it's fine. Eventually, like, I'm sure there'll be a port of it. I'll play one way or another. Or, yeah, through other means. But like, there's. <laughs> I, I know for a fact because I booted up a, a certain website. Um, there are versions of those games out there uh, if you really want to play them. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, sure. condo- I'm not condoning those actions, but I also did not want to pay for another streaming service, so that's how I got a certain show I was watching. Um, yeah, I, no, there's like too many streaming services and stuff locked behind them, so it is what it is. I'm like, I'm not paying for you. Especially as those streaming services enforce their stupid policies. Mm, exactly. Um, I'm not going to say what show it was uh, for reasons, but yeah, I've, I've, I've watched the newest episode of something that's just come out. Um, because fuck paying for 900 streaming services at this point. Yep. Um, but like, to, to wrap this up, like, they're I think this is going to be a great year for gaming. I I do think we are going to have to reflect on everything we learned over the last couple months a lot because this like 2023 was a phenomenal year for gaming, but it was also like the worst year for the industry, right? And yep. I I think in this this the year of our Lord 2024, we might have like another banger year. But I also think it's going to be a reset for the industry. And what happens this year is going to set precedent for the industry moving forward. Because if we focus doubly down on digital only, and we focus doubly down on that word that we both hate, AI, um, it's mm-hmm. going to be interesting, right? Because I feel like we're seeing, I don't know if you saw it. But I did. Wizards of the Coast got called the fuck out um, after they put out. They got like called a- out for so much stuff. Their last year was just like the biggest f- trash fire. Uh huh. So <laughs> I mean, um, renewing policies, calling the Pinkertons on people. <laughs> like, so uh, what were you doing, Wizards? Uh, so this recent one I saw because of TikTok. Uh, they posted after they put a like. We do not use AI in our art. They put up very obvious AI mana for their new set. Oh, okay. I did not see that, but that is just hilariously stupid. Because, you know, weirdly enough, and I don't know what it says that I'm praising this, but, like, with Square Enix, like, when they say it's like, hey, guys, we're going to do NFTs. Like, that's a bad idea, Square Enix. We're still doing it anyway. At least they're honest. Right. Like, like, it's bad, but also it's, like, and stupid because it's, like, somebody up there is still thinks this is just a good idea, despite everyone else saying it's not a good idea. I'm, like, at least they're honest about what they're doing is stupid, right? And I, I kind of respect the honesty because I can put my money where my mouth is. I'm still going to be a square simp. 
you know, it's yeah. unfortunate. I mean, basically, we're going to do our best to not buy things that involve, like, their bullshit. But at the same time, you know, if their bullshit gets into the IPs we love, then it's like, well, i got to start making decisions. Do I sail the high seas? Do I buy the game? I'm going to buy the game because I have the money to buy the game and I want to support the developer, but I also don't want to support the practice. Fuck. Where where do yeah. my morals lie? Like, I've admitted... It's I like this. Like, if Dragon Quest gets corrupted, it's like, on one hand, that's going to suck. And I don't want to support it. But also, Dragon Quest already has a hard time coming out in the West. So, any sales that aren't going towards, like, you know, Square... Like, Square is, like... Because we talked about this earlier. Square has no struggle saying, like, hey, you know this game everybody likes? It did not beat our expectations. So, therefore... We are gonna scrap it. Yep, I feel like that's what happened to Midnight zero Suns. hesitancy. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's what happened to Midnight Suns as well, which is unfortunate because that was a fun game. I don't think Square made that. I think it was Two K, but I think that's what happened to that IP. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. But, I uh, mean, man, Marvel games is like a whole other thing. <laughs> but like, I'm, I, I, you're right. Like, I respect it. Like, I'm going to buy Final Fantasy. I know that they did NFTs in. Uh, Rebirth, or not Rebirth, but uh, Crisis Core, right? They they gave for I think the collector's edition. Uh, it might have just been the figures, but I th- know they did NFT. Yeah, I think it was that, the figures for that. Um, just to sh- put into the perspective, like how much that is put out there, I had no idea when I bought tickets to a recent concert that I got a digital. They're calling them digital collectibles, right? Um, so yep. Live Nation did NFTs of like the tour that I was, uh, I went to a show of, right? Uh, so like I got a digital ticket collectible. I'm like, this is just an NFT with a different name. You're fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. But also that's pretty cool in case I lost my physical ticket, which I didn't have a physical ticket cause I put my ticket on my goddamn phone like any other normal human being now. Um, yep. So, like, it's cool to have that, I guess, so I can show off, like, what tours I've been to. But it's also, it feels dirty, right? Um, It's the same thing with, like, I bought the new Aqua figure for Kingdom Hearts. Here's a little picture of a JPEG Aqua. Cool. Where am I ever going to use this? You know? It's just so backwards in that. But, like, I, I feel like... And I'm honest, I use AI to balance audio occasionally if it's too egregious, you know, but. And I'll experiment with like the AI text writing just for fun. Yeah. Uh, But it's like when it's used for like AI or NFTs and stuff are used like for business purposes and. Then it's just like it gets into like the really scummy territory. Are you replacing somebody's job with this, right? Are, are did you actively cut a roll, right? Did look to like the day before, right? That um dumpster fire of a game that I didn't really want to give any time to, but here I am talking about it. Like they fucking just straight up ripped off other trailers and th- worked their tr- uh, game into it. You knew it was a scam from the get-go, but people still bought it because it was the new thing, right? Um, I'm glad that everybody got their money back. That is one thing I will say. Um, anybody that bought it from Steam got refunded, so that's a good... That's a good... Um, yeah, I'm glad like, Steam is like refunds now, because it was not 
before that, that it is sucked. the first <laughs> time they've ever retroactively refunded every customer. By the way, so yeah, you know, and it's good they had the systems in place. You know, you dumb fucked up when it seems like you know what we're going to like not even use our own policy. This was such a fucking shit show that we're giving you everybody their money back. Um, so that was cool of them, but like. And there's more to that story than really needs to be discussed on this podcast as well. But like, yeah, there's more to that story that we just don't know. Like, who did any of this? Right. Like, it's crazy that people can just do that to me. Oh yeah, but like, you saw that they just like worked their way into other trailers like that. I think they used Black Ops 2's second trailer in its entirety, but with their assets in it. Um. Somebody can correct me on what trailer it was that they just straight up ripped off. But I remember it was like a Call of Duty or a Battlefield. Um, but yeah, like they did that. They fucking used like AI voices, I believe, in it. It was just like full on like crash from the get go. It was extremely elaborate. And I'm like, people can just get away with stuff like that. It's crazy. I kind of, in a weird way, have a disgusting respect for how much they got away with, right? Because, yeah. like, it's especially because you, it was a very obvious scam. I feel like that's why we can give it that, right? Just because it, it's not like you know, it's not like this was like you know, if if someone, for example, did something similar, but with like people's like medication or something, then it's like, no, I don't respect this. You are just pure evil. Right. <laughs> like people's lives were in the mix, but like this is more like this was an obvious scam, but you bought it anyway. Yeah, and also, I think because people got their money back, I think that's the other reason. Right. right. So like, I can't. Feel- now, so it feels like an elaborate, like practical joke. Right. It's like, how much can we get away with before we fucking close our company to go under? Well, apparently a lot, but also now everybody at that studio is out of a job and will probably never be able to work in the industry again because they made one of the biggest scams ever. Um, yeah, so, I don't even know who was behind any of that. It was... But, like, there's stuff like that, right? And then, like, the finals. Like, it's the top, like, game in the, like, shooter genre right now, other than Fortnite. Um and it basically is all AI backed, right? So like stuff like that is just like they're pushing the boundaries of what the gaming industry can get away with. And I think like if we don't put a lot of where our our values lie into action now, we're gonna see a major shift in this industry. And it'll also extend to like the other stuff we cover, like anime and you know, manga, like we're seeing, you know, big names use like AI typecasting and translation. Um, even one of my favorite series is doing it and that pisses me off. Um, but I also understand like some of the logic behind like wanting to beat pirates, but you're just going to piss off the people that do the piracy side of things even more. And they're going to continue to put out their version that the fans like more because it's not backed by a fucking machine. Right. It won't affect our release for, like, the physical volumes here in America, but it's still going to affect, like, the, the simul translation, which is unfortunate. Um, and, like, I think Viz did it, too, last year. Um, for Yeah, I think so. For one of the newer series. They use... Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, it's... It was like, not pretty. It was not. So, if... Um, I haven't read the recent cha- chapter of Magus Bride, so... Um, 
if it's bad, then yeah, obviously I'm just going to go back to reading the um, fans. Fans, fans yeah. But if it's like at least comprehend, you know, I'm able to comprehend what's on the fucking page because I saw the original version of that uh, that other one. I'm like, the fuck am I looking at? It looks like a really rough JJK panel, but with like no logic behind it. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll you know, I will it. say one thing with Viz though is like I'm glad with with their not properly translated chapters that they give like credit to like the translators and stuff because like as I read more manga outside of Jump like officially translated stuff i'm like okay but who actually translated this because like i'm not seeing a name here and i kind of feel like that's more needed now not just for like the sake of credit but because i need to know it did a machine translate this or not yeah because like sometimes i was i just read like my some of my monthly series that I really enjoy came out recently, and you know, like most of it was fine, but a few things felt a little off, and I'm like, okay, I am like now super paranoid. Yeah, it's things. it's the thing, right? Because like, it it's scary what AI is capable of right now. That's why, I, like, I I have like this conflicted feeling. Like, I understand there's a place for AI to make things easier for people, right? You know, that's the whole purpose of having artificial intelligence is making life easier. Like, Yeah, that's just technology in general. But at the same time, like, I want the human element still there. You know, I don't want it to be, like, everything machine-fed. I don't want it to have, like, this passionless bullshit feeling to it. And you can tell, like, if there's passion behind the project or there's emotion. But, like, I've seen so much fucking... Like, to where, like, I can't tell if this is a machine or not anymore. Videos and, like, pictures. And, it like, it's scary how good this program is getting. Um, So, like, I know mid-journey's in a bunch of shit. And I hope that we see actual legislation put in place to make sure that this doesn't fully take away, like, jobs from artists and actors and stuff. Because it's crazy, and the gaming industry is the biggest proponent of, like, I understand that there's already AI and logic behind a lot of the things that we do, like Radiant Quest we talked about, but, like, how the finals just, like, doing full-on AI voicing was, like, the first step of, like, a, a, a least popular game getting, like, full support behind it with just absolute ai backing and it's crazy because now companies will see like well they did it and they got popular if it stays more than the flavor of the week that'll be another thing right but right now like it being one of the more popular titles on like that genre we might see like full-on ai voice acting in the next call of duty if that continues a that would be a scary precedent because that is the biggest shooter title on the planet regardless of like how it's doing behind its fan base that is the most recognizable title in that genre yeah and specifically like voice also like uses you know in order to train the ai they need to give it sample voices which are a bunch of people who are not getting credit Mm. effectively so that's a whole other bag of worms by itself but that's, like, where I feel like 
our our line's going to be in the industry this year. And that's a big, giant slippery slope. That is incredibly, like, the most dangerous line we've been on in this industry since, like, the crash, right? And where the the industry goes from here is anybody's guess. And that's what, like, as somebody that has played video games since they were literally an infant, um... I am terrified for that side of the industry right now because I want to see voice actors continue to get work. I want to see actual artists continue to get work. I want to see like these people with actual love for this industry and passion for this industry continue to be able to flourish in it without the fear of, you know, hey, you're, are you feeding my voice or my art or my likeness into this program that is using things without my consent yes or no okay then i'm retiring and i feel like that's where a lot of people are going to be going this year is just retiring from the industry um i feel like people as popular as like erica lindbeck were very close to it at the start of the last year when this started happening as well um and that's you know a very popular voice actress in like genshin and Fire Emblem and a lot of these big games, and you know, if we continue going down that crazy ass path, I feel like it's just going to be more and more uh, popular to just say fuck it, going back to like regular work. Because I I have no say so over what I say, do, or you know, feel anymore, and what made me what I am today. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I'm hearing this going. How about you? So, let's see. I think the big thing for this year in terms of, like, the gaming industry is, well, one, we've had, like I said, a lot of leaks that came out. I think we didn't even cover, like, most of it, but I think that's fine because some of it was just a little more uncomfortable to talk about. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the I think we'll have to, like, be worried more about that kind of stuff, like you know, information coming out through incredulous means. Because, like, consider apparently the way some of these leaks came out was just, like, some crazy amount of hacking and skill that people have. So that, and I'm also, we saw a lot of people, you know, lose their jobs uh, despite a lot of games doing well. So then it's like, okay, will those people, like, be able to recuperate? Um, in new places, or are we going to start seeing um, a lot of downsizing because people are spending so much money on these games? But I think like the other big thing is we talked about the budget of like some of these big uh, AAA games that are coming out, and then if, like if a lot of those don't succeed, like we probably won't see a crash, but I think we will start seeing like a lot of more studios closures and if studios close then someone like i don't know say tencent can come up and buy up more studios so i think like the big thing i'm worried about right now is some consolidation um the job market for developers as well as uh like this console generation specifically well i guess not counting nintendo because i don't know what they're doing i guess i'm just worried what nintendo is going to do in general but uh the other consoles like are they going to 
are they going to like do mid-gen refreshes or will they just be like you know what we'll just stick with our hardware and just try to push it out because like i don't think i don't think this generation a lot of people have been really been asking for more power yet from the consoles so i want to say that we might not but if we do uh then i guess i would wonder it's like okay well how does this affect pricing because everything's getting a lot more expensive too so yeah i guess affordability is like a huge thing for games going forward as everything starts getting pricier oh god i i still can't i understand like the logic behind it but like i still can't get over the fact like a game is 70 dollars now yeah, which again, for like I said, most people I don't really care because I can buy it for sale because I only usually buy full price for games that like, I really want to support yeah. and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's going to suck if I ever get back into Nintendo and I have to start playing, paying like $70 for like the new Mario game or yeah. something. Like while you were talking, I just but, ordered the, the PS5 version of uh, Final Fantasy Rebirth. <laughs> No, yeah, I mean, there you go. Uh, I, I mean, I'm probably not going to get that until I at least play through some of the first part because I still, I got gifted that and I still didn't play it yet. It, it just, I have too much of a backlog. I recommend because by the time I feel like this year, I think my goal for gaming is to clear up more backlog because during hey, the hey, Steam hey. winter sale. It, I was like, okay, should I buy anything? And there were a few things on sale I was kind of interested in. But then, you know, I also was just looking through my Steam library in general while I was doing this. And I'm like, hold on a second. I own some of these already? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Good to know. Struggle with PC gamer uh, right there. Like, I... So it's like, I... Because, I, like, I, I'm also a huge Digimon fan, and I was hearing people talk about... Like, uh, what will we get a new Digimon game this year? Because they've been teasing one for like a while. But I also was looking through like my Digimon games that I own. I'm like, huh, I haven't played some of these yet. I should do that. So, you know, I'm thinking that's going to be my main goal in terms of games. But being realistic, it's going to go mostly to gotchas. I'm playing a lot of gotchas. Oh, like, same. Like, I. Like my goal, that's a good, you know, ending bit. Like I want to clear more of my backlog, which means I'll probably be streaming a bit more because that's how I've been clearing my backlog. Is it gives me accountability to actually finish a fucking game. But like that I, is smart. Like I, I recommend playing through the Final Fantasy VII remake just, just because it'll, it's going to deviate enough from the original source material that gets its own story. I, I will say you should play through the original Final Fantasy VII. I did tell you Ever Crisis was like a decent-ish way to experience it, but like the grind in that is fucking absurd once you get to a certain point. So like I don't, I can't recommend wasting money in that if you get stuck, right? And it does have like a spike the further you get. So. Uh, I would say, like, play through the remake and the Crisis Core uh, bit of it, and then by the time you're done with those two, Rebirth will be ported to PC, probably. And if it's not, then just go back and play, like, the Final Fantasy VII original, and then you'll have, like, enough of a knowledge of, like, what might come in the next two parts of the game. Um, 
like Rebirth and then the fi- the finale bit of it. Because like those like the remake's such a beautiful fucking game and the Crisis Core bit of it just like perfect. I love how like they had straight up Getty image like pictures. <laughs> Uh, there's a certain scene in there where, like, you just look at a painting and it just still has a Getty image watermark on it. (laughs) Um, but, like, yeah, like, clearing my backlog is going to be, like, a big portion of it. I I was in the same boat as you. Like, I bought a couple things during the Steam Winter Sale and the Epic Winter Sale. But, like, fuck, I didn't spend as much as I did in the Summer Sale. And, like, I wasted a lot of money during the summer sale and I regret that but I was also on the road so I was just playing around my steam deck so like it made sense to me to have something to do you know but like there's like so much in that backlog it's and it's being a PC gamer in general is like the curse because you get everything so affordable versus like you're lucky if you get two good sales a year on console Mm-hmm. Like Nintendo, you don't get. Yeah, shit. I think we should. Yeah. Yeah, we should just wrap it up here. I think we've yeah. been talking for like a while. Yeah, I I don't even know the timestamp at this point. Uh, two twenty three. Yeah. So yeah, like that's that's the the goal. Like clearing the backlog, the um, knowing where we're going to go in the industry right now is going to be the struggle. And if we do the have the like dev conference, we can cover that in the next one of these. These are so much fun. Like it's just a chance to nerd out um next up i think we have a a podcast that luke has planned and then obviously like continuing the before uh the by the era stuff for the disney era which jesus christ save me that's that's gonna be a mess i i'm not looking forward to one step of that and that is editing that goddamn thing because i don't know if it'll go up at all on youtube (laughs) and the state it'll go in originally so yeah uh, look forward to experimentation with content this year, everybody. Until then, <laughs> peace.